The world has gone insane. Cosplayers rule the conventions. Gamers dominate the tabletop and the internet. Sci-fi subjugates the movies. And fantasy rules the bookstore with an iron fist. Only one group can bring order to this unruly mob. A team of uber geeks, masters of the nerdly arts, trained for decades in the hobby shops and basements of the nation. Mobilized by the secret masters, they are the Department of Nerdly Affairs. Hello, operatives, and welcome to the Department of Nerdly Affairs. I am your host, Rob Patterson, here with my co-host, Don Chisholm. And the podcast they don't want you to hear. And tonight, we are entering a new dimension of sight and sound, as we are going to explore UFOs in popular culture with our friend Jack Ward. Welcome back to the show, Jack. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but before we uh, explore uh, UFOs and their place in our society and what they really are, let's discuss about what we think they are. So, Don, what are UFOs? What do they mean? And why are they involved in our planet? <laughs> sounds very 70s of you when you put it like that. <laughs> but uh, In anyway. search of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's more music. Did you know they're bringing that back with the new Spock guy as the host? No. Yeah, they're getting, they're really? getting Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto? Yeah, they're bringing back In Search wow. of with him as the host. That's wow. kind of disturbing on a whole pile of levels. Because Nimoy's not around, so they got Nimoy 2.0 to do it. That's yeah, right. but it, it's like not only are you doing a reboot, you're doing a reboot with the guy from the reboot that the guy who did the original did before doing the original. In Search of doesn't predate <laughs> the original Star Trek. No, it doesn't, but that's what I mean. Like, Nimoy was on Star Trek and then he did In Search of, so you've got the new guy who is on Star Trek and now he's doing In Search yeah, of. Yeah, I know. It's kind of weird. Oh. I get that. And then... And then the entire world of imagination just collapses in on itself and is sucked into a tiny, tiny little orb. <laughs> so he better be, what you're saying is he better be the bad guy in uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers when they redo that again. <laughs> That's true. Just everything he's going to do. He'll, yeah, eventually just he'll don't... do everything that Nimoy did. Maybe the bow to Bilbo Baggins too. <laughs> didn't they do, didn't, didn't they do a Twilight Zone about that? A guy who like had to take over because he killed Elvis? Oh, they did one where uh, where the, the guy finds Santa. Well, he, there was one where one of the original Twilight Zone where they the guy the uh, the old Rummy finds Santa Claus dead in an alley. Yes, yes, and st steals his coat and ends up taking his which is about as close to a happy ending as that show ever got. Yeah, it was <laughs> a classic, right? Yeah, Art Carney started. played that role actually. Oh yeah, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yep. very cool. All right, so let's talk UFOs. So, what are UFOs, Don? <laughs> The irony is all of what we just talked about really does kind of fit in because by proper definition, UFO, unidentified flying object, is anything you see in the sky that you don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is kind of important because people have a habit of hearing UFO and they think flying saucer loaded with big-headed aliens that are coming here to, like, abduct our cows and do experiments on our family and such. No, I think that's just what people hope. <laughs> and i agree i agree don that i think that is very important to remember 
because after all, we uh, we automatically think UFO equal alien, which is not necessarily true at all. They could be many different things that are not aliens and yep. probably are many different things that are not aliens. So swamp gas, for instance. Why, of course. And with that in mind, though, people have been seeing UFOs for an awfully long time. How long have we been seeing UFOs for, Don? Um, the earliest reports, and this is again where that idea of it's something in the sky, you don't know what it is, is important. The earliest reports I could see was uh, was in China, forty seven thousand years ago. That they had um, they found etchings on cave walls and and that that looked like these weird cylindrical objects mm-hmm. in the air, right? And then um, historically, there's been a bunch. There was actually a report uh, during the reign of Thutmose the Third, mm-hmm. who was an mm-hmm. ancient Egyptian pharaoh, about people seeing these weird. Uh, circles of flame yeah. traveling mm-hmm. through the sky and and uh, an official inquiry as best they could like four thousand years ago was made into this and they ultimately determined yep flaming things in the sky because they didn't have a lot of scientific well also wasn't there in the bible there's ezekiel in the old testament who ezekiel saw the wheel yep is this the wheel he saw yep. that came from uh, project blue book right right yep and a television show. Mm-hmm. And I angels that. came yep. down out of those. Yeah, that was one of my favorites when I was a kid. And angels came out of the wheels, I think, or were they separate? I don't quite remember, but I know there were con- angels yeah. connected with them, or at least what he yeah. took to be angels. What he took to be angels, for sure. Yeah, that were basically yeah. heads with four right. wings. I wonder and there if it was, was Kang you know, or ancient Egypt. Yeah, <laughs> there was ancient Egypt that had uh, <laughs> examples of fiery discs as well and then of course you go all the way you know mm-hmm. into you know the uh, this this renaissance era and there's mm-hmm. pictures with like mother mary with potential ufos in the background yeah and yeah in the, the paintings too mm-hmm. yeah it's like those things i know the painting you're talking about um right and yeah, there's there's actually a couple mm-hmm. that have mm-hmm. uh because there's one it's in the background of two farmers in the field that it looks like a flying saucer but it could be a hat right right an unidentified flying hat goes by. But it, <laughs> it ties into that idea that mm-hmm. people have been recording weird shit in the sky since people have been recording things. Pretty much. And it's that idea that we don't know what it was. We don't always know what their level of understanding for things was. Right, right. Or how they interpret it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's hard not to think of it as something really extraterrestrial. There's, um, mm-hmm. when you mentioned the Bible... Uh, one of the books that got edited out of the official Bible at the um, at the the meeting of Nicaea mm-hmm. was at nine nine hundred AD I think it yep. was was uh, the Gospel according to Saint Thomas, right? And there's a reference at the beginning the that doubter, yeah, that when he was a kid the angels came to him and they took him above the earth so that he 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 looked down. and saw all of the earth at once and it freaked him out and so bad they brought him back and. He, he doesn't apparently do anything notable until like 30 or so years later. Okay. Which again, it's it's difficult to not interpret that in terms of, of extraterrestrials. Mm, very true. Um don't also forget the um the ancient uh was it the Hindu Vedas, of course, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which include all the references to nuclear warfare and atomic aircraft and all this other stuff that are from about mm-hmm. 2000 or so years ago as well like what were they mm-hmm. talking about there and of course there's like weird stuff carved in hindu 
like statues. We could also go to the Aztecs as well with some of their weird um, aircraft looking carvings and uh, beliefs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it looks like UFOs have been with us and part of our human popular culture for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Right. Even Plutarch talked about it in, in Roman times as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some suggestions during battles. Mm-hmm. And this is another thing. Like one thing we have to sort of put on the table and hopefully try to discard is the degree of high strangeness mm. that occurs right. with so much. And high strangeness, they sort of talk about this. It becomes more and more prevalent where – you know, you could have UFO encounters and Bigfoot encounters all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the, the, the planet can be rocked with strange earthquakes and there could be ghost sightings and just really weird. It's like a glitch in the Matrix almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like something happens and, and somehow the, the mechanism breaks down and you see a ton of these weird things going on. That's quite a possible thing as well. So. Yep. Right. That, that's definitely true. Occasionally, Bigfoot does show up with UFOs and vice versa. As we learned mm-hmm. in, in The Six Million Dollar yes. Man. <laughs> that's true. It's one of my favorite episodes as a kid, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but Bigfoot there was a robot. Yes. Yeah. But he came with aliens. Uh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Right? And I, I remember that you couldn't touch the aliens in the show or else they would basically just like die. Like the heat of your hand or something like that would, and they they were so fragile that if you touch them, they would like turn into dust, like mm. ash. They would just burn away into ash. Mm-hmm. And he could touch the girl, of course, because he was using his robot. Right. right. So he he had this very gentle touch with his robot hand, and she didn't die. Oh, so it was very weird. Okay, I'd but, forgotten about yeah. that one. Huh. I, yeah. I just remember, yeah, Bigfoot on the Six Million Dollar Man because that rocked my world as a kid. <laughs> yep. Now the Venus broke. I think, I think it was so popular that they had. They, I think it was so popular that he came back again. That's yeah. why I think they started off with Bigfoot and then they came back with the aliens as a yeah, secondary. If I remember uh, right, thing, we even so. talked about it in a previous episode. I remember I looked it up. The one time he appears, he's uh, Lurch, Cassidy. Yeah, Tom Cassidy. Yeah. Tom and Cassidy, then the other yeah. time, he's actually Jaws from the James Bond movie, wow. which is Richard something. Is it Richard Keel? Richard Keel. That would be him, yes. Yeah. And so both of them, in different seasons, they couldn't get one back, so they got the other guy to play. Because, you know, they're the resident big guys. The only big guy at the yeah, time who didn't sure. play Bigfoot was uh, Andre the Giant, who would have been great casting. Yes. Oh, yeah. For sure. Moving forward, of course, in the, even in the 1800s, they used to have uh, airship scares, where people would see mysterious airships, especially over North America, where presumably yep. there weren't actually any airships supposed to be there at the time, but there they were. And people would see people, you know, waving down at them from the airships. And occasionally people got abducted by these airships. And the question is, were they airships or what What were they? Again, UFOs, unidentified flying objects. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, the casualness of the airship, uh, of many of the airship uh, conversations with people and stuff like that, really creeps me out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really <laughs> creeped out by the airship stories. Mm-hmm. Like they they had one in Japan where a beautiful young woman appears in like strange clothes, and the fisherman she appeared to said she held a square box that no one was allowed to touch, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And spoke in a strange language, and it's almost like they're just sort of checking people out, and then if so, all of a sudden, a little while later, there's a whole bunch of children that are being abducted. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's kind of really creepy how how just relaxed they are around. Yeah, people. yeah. So, uh, right. how many kids do you have in your village? Uh, just wondering. <laughs> yeah, know. pretty much, right? And the thing is, I think, like, I get the feeling, too, that it's so much easier. Again, if we're trying to 
put rationality out of all this kind of thing. It's so much easier to have these kinds of really like in your face encounters with people in limited areas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Because back those days, they didn't really have the same kind of worldwide phenomena of instantaneously sending pictures or texts or emails across the world going, oh, my God, I was just abducted. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's almost like a different theme, you know, with modern day. Uh, alien encounters and ufology than there is from what you see in the past. Well, they couldn't take selfies yeah, but... with them. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's more of a there's more of a deification or or, or a curiosity, um, and I mean, there's there's fear, but there's not the same level because now it's it's almost like we know enough to be afraid, mm -hmm. like truly afraid. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because you're you're kind of hitting at one of the. Uh... One of the important things to remember with this and, and a lot of paranormal stuff in general, but UFOs in particular, there's a lot of interpretation based on the cultural environment of the day. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've seen that kind of bandied about as as proof for and against. But it's it's when you talked about like the, the 1800s going into the early 1900s, people will talk about seeing airships. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the the airship like the zeppelin the blimp stuff like that was relatively new and it was something that people were kind of aware of and you could I, i've seen the argument made that people were interpreting the phenomenon that years ago was a ball of fire in the sky as an airship because they're talking about the same thing but there's that cultural component yeah they heard or at least read about these airship things they had in europe so they're like hey that must be an airship Mm -hmm. well, right they, they had them here too like that was uh hot air balloons yeah. are pretty common and then the 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 bigger the bigger ones like i say like the smaller zeppelins and blimps were just kind of coming into production at that time mm. but again and then of course you oh. go back to like the earlier times and you got the elves and 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 stuff like that from fairyland but yeah. here's here's the other the other side of it where um there's so much high strangeness even today Little children, for example, who you find out later on through hypnosis or whatever that they claim that they were abducted, they see them as like little dwarves or mm -hmm. little elves or somebody that they've seen in another movie or a strange little man. Like there's stories about this huge. So this huge owl was waving at me from the side of the road and you're like. But I didn't think it was weird at the time, other mm. than it was a huge owl, right? So there's almost like screened memories mm. that are played with in that respect. And so maybe this is what's happening too. People are just being able to perceive things only so far as what they know, or it's being manipulated in one way or another that mm. way. Yeah, and, it, and it's entirely possible that what people are perceiving is totally, absolutely nothing anybody thinks it is. Very true. For sure. And again, that can work both ways. Like I know, for example, um, I don't think it's exactly coincidental if you want to talk flying saucers to jump ahead a little bit. It wasn't until you got into, say, the late 70s going into the 80s that you really had reports of triangular looking unidentified flying objects. Mm -hmm. Right. And when we get to the end of the 80s, the U.S. government reveals the, uh, what was it, the 117, the stealth fighter, yep. which is like That's a big right. flying triangle. Right. Although yeah. I would argue it could be something else, though, because in the 1970s mm. is also when we get to the whole chariots of the gods pyramid connection thing. Mm -hmm. So one could also argue mm -hmm. that that's influencing things as well. Well, Von Dyken. And if you listen, 
if you listen to the UFO lore, which is part of the ufology and the popular culture, people are, are, are arguing, too, that the triangular craft are actually man-made craft based on techniques or, or technology from alien life forms. So whenever you see the triangular craft, it's just our guys testing these suckers out, that it's not the actual alien crafts themselves, but using their own uh, human kind of structure to try you mean to the make stu- the American stealth fighters that Don just mentioned pretty much. Well, yes and no. According to the ufology, they'll say they're actually using UFO technology, which isn't the stealth fighters. It's it's anti gravitics Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And there's a famous guy who went to Roswell and who's argued um, that he saw the technology as an engineer. Oh, uh, Lazar, Bob Lazar, Lazar, yeah, Bob Lazar. Mm -hmm. And so he's he's the one who's claiming that it's been repurposed and it's taken them like over 40 years just to figure out how the darn thing works kind of thing. 40 so. years ago being when the Roswell crash occurred. Absolutely. Yeah. At the, At time. the time. It was in the 80s yeah. when he came out. Okay, right? let's so. let's drop back a tiny bit to continue our move forward. Okay, so uh, the early part of the 20th century hits. Um, again, airships are up there. People are interpreting it in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. I know, Don, you have a belief that the modern UFO era starts with World War II. Is that correct? Yeah, because I'm what what I when you look at the older reports, mm-hmm. uh, they were pretty sparse. Like people would see things, people report strange. It's the kind of things that you got nowadays, but the reports were either very tended to be very bereft. Like Jack was saying, people tended to be really nonchalant about them. Mm-hmm. Like there's this story about the Tomato Man, which is supposedly in this like um western town back in 1800s mm-hmm. this ship crashes from the sky and they find this little weird dude that they think was piling it and they gave him a proper christian burial in the graveyard and nobody thought you know this is like some weird extraterrestrial dude and he should be studied or feared or worshipped as a god he was just some poor guy that fell out of the sky and they felt mm. bad for him what happens in world war ii when you get to the end of it, this is where you start getting like more fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, You start getting reports about the aliens interfering in our lives and that. And I think what happens is um, I think a big part of that comes from world war two itself. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause you have to remember uh, world war one happens. Germany gets beaten. um, The they're totally reamed. After like World War II, they're made to pay all the damages to everybody. Mm-hmm. Their economy collapses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So nobody's thinking anything about Germany. They, the, the Nazis have been plotting and planning in secret for a few years. They build up their industry. They build up their, their forces. They develop new technology. And they start the Blitzkrieg, which is the lightning war, which is just literally all of these like Nazi war machines come almost out of mm-hmm. nowhere and just start thumping the shit right. out of Europe. And I think that that idea, there's two things that come mm-hmm. out of that, that you see start to play in, in UFO pop culture and even in a lot of sightings. And that is the idea of an implacable, unbeatable invading right. force, which we'd seen before, like uh, the, the original War of the Worlds mm-hmm. novel that it, it, it details that sort of thing, but it's not like a militaristic mm-hmm. effort. Like the alien invasion stories are kind of like they show up or they sneak in or they teleport in or they take over your brain. It's it's not this this war like intentional war machine, not usually. And secondly, is this idea of um, success through 
through superior technology mm-hmm. that I think when the Nazis invaded Europe, it scared the shit out of everybody because it's like in this other part of the world, technology jumped the whole right. level. And part of that too is because after World War One, everybody thought that was the war to end all mm-hmm. wars. It worked out so well we had a sequel. And every, <laughs> everybody else abandoned a lot of their wartime research. So the Nazis show up with the Tiger II mm-hmm. tank and the Brits are working on the Whippet, which is like a cross between an armored combat vehicle and a right. car. And I think, because right. those are two ideas that you start seeing showing up in a lot of sci-fi and in a few years in a lot of mm-hmm. um, a lot of actual reports about supposed extraterrestrial activity. And like I say, I think that's why I would Isn't say... Isn't the Nazi bell also in that oh. uh, that collection as well, potentially? Yeah. There's Glock. different stories about the bell, yes. Yeah, that supposedly it was... Because uh, mm-hmm. what you see happen in World War II, uh, we've mentioned Operation Paperclip, which was the Allies sneaking Nazi scientists right. out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So they can make use of... Werner von Braun is a great example mm-hmm. of that. Yep. And there's all these stories about that the Nazis had all of this like massive amazing technology. Like Die Glock was supposedly like a time mm-hmm. machine. Yeah. That we had the nuke, but the Nazis were on the edge of a time machine. And that idea too, you start seeing creeping up in the next couple of decades in like the flying saucer mm-hmm. stories. Because the idea, like Jack has already said, that we're reverse engineering stuff that we either traded for or captured mm-hmm. from them. Right. And there's this secret world of mega technology that most of us are not privy to. I think, again, that comes out of a lot of this, like, World War II stuff that the Nazis had developed things and were on the verge of a bunch of breakthroughs that just scared the shit out of everybody else. And it wasn't because they had, like, you know, reverse engineered the uh, the uh, Shroud of Turin or captured alien devices. It was... When you really don't care about humanitarian values and safety standards, you can advance technology in one hell of a right. hurry. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Mm. Okay, so the Nazis introduced all this advanced technology, so suddenly invaders with advanced technology became the enemy. Well, it, it was an image that was burned into everybody like in the West's mm-hmm. brain. It was... You'd lived through it when you get to, say, the 50s, which is 50s going into the 60s, which is another big time when like, flying saucer stuff is entertaining. You see a lot of that World War II imagery, and I think it's because a lot of the people mm-hmm. producing it, it's still in mind. Like, um, And then what happens at that well, time? Well, yeah, the, the Cold War, War too, right? Yeah. yeah. The Cold War is huge. Like, I mean, even the Twilight Zone, they had uh, the monsters are due on Maple Street. That entire episode is this alien uh, flies overhead and people lose their minds and start attacking each other by the end of the episode. And it was there literally as, you know, to reference as as an analogy for uh, the the Cold War and the fear that people had for the Mm -hmm. Red Scare. And they used aliens for that. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that, that people won't look for the thing that they're afraid of most and it is alien in its yeah. own way to that right. to what they know yeah. so yeah yeah because because the uh, the jump to the cold war uh soviet mm-hmm. thing that becomes a another running theme and i think again it's because this image of uh this this image of of the blitzkrieg was still burnt in people's brains and they were terrified mm-hmm. of another one 
Right. Because a funny thing, when uh, when they made the uh, 1953 War of the Worlds mm-hmm. movie, the techniques that the aliens use are, are uh, Cold War era Soviet battle techniques. <clears throat> how how they, they come in groups mm-hmm. of three and they show how um, they were creating that like a net around their targets, right. how these different groups of three would key up and coordinate with two other groups. And they were forming that that kind of like uh, like a mm-hmm. mesh pattern. That's really similar to what the uh, the Russians actually did back in those days. That was their their big mass combat that's strategy. Funny. I would have never known that. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. No. I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. I had broken stuff down to um, kind of like themes uh-huh. uh, that you that you see about UFOs in popular culture, and so there's sort of like what what's the real story kind of thing because right. they they sort of take those kind of elements so. Government conspiracies was one of them. Maybe you guys can come up with some more that come up. The uh, brother from mm-hmm. another planet, right. right? And you see that in some of those things. Even evil aliens eat humans or want right, our yeah, resources, yeah. right? That'd be another one, right? Aliens from another universe or a parallel mm-hmm. universe. Um, aliens are truly the Earth people, which is this, you know, the Sitchin right. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, aliens think we're unimportant. So that's if you want to go back and take a look at something like we we get killed because. They they they're basically worried about something else. So that was the big threat in like Star mm-hmm. Trek Four, right? Mm-hmm. The aliens showed up and they're trying to save the whales, and they just thought that they would wipe out everything except for except for you know protecting the whales for that reason. Aliens are future humans, so you get this idea that aliens are actually mm-hmm. us from the future, uh, which brings us to sort of saviors or heroes from the stars. Mm-hmm, um, it's right? another big one. And we talked about in a previous episode of that television show back mm-hmm. in the 70s uh, where they came that. And um, a- animal experiments, which is what you brought mm-hmm. up, Rob, earlier. Um, alien bases on Earth, which is fascinating because there was a huge article about the Russians releasing material or being having it released against what they wanted to do. That there's actually massive battles going on between UFOs in the ocean around mm, Russia. Really? Um, mm. Alien bases on Earth, as I said. And then the last one, which I found really fascinating, is the idea of a breakaway civilization. And we're just mistaking. So there's this 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 sort of this group of people who have this incredibly uh, far distant technology that are human beings, and maybe they mm-hmm. got it from aliens. Or maybe they develop themselves, but they're building up because they know the Earth is going to get blown up or some way. And they're they're so far ahead of us now. They've got like five, ten thousand years ahead of the us poor plebes. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, those are those are all really interesting, Jack. Okay. Um, you, you... <laughs> are there any other themes that you can think of that we 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 uh, entertain in ufology? I think I think you pretty much got yeah. all of them. Um. What's interesting? What's interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. to note, and this is where it's 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 odd how the real life cases parallel entertainment is that those ideas come in in mm-hmm. waves, right? That you don't generally get all of that all at once, but you get different kind of odd groupings of them, mm-hmm. mostly in connection with what's involved in popular culture at that time. Well, this is the question, and it goes back to the episode that you guys just did a while ago where it talked about media. Media is, is media sorting these because that's what's in popular culture? Mm-hmm. So it's do they go in waves because media is going, oh, geez, we need the next we need the next breakaway civilization story because we're doing so much <laughs> really – people really want to know about new tech stuff, right? 
yeah. or um, are we? Let's find let's find some stories about people being abducted from evil aliens because people are terrified of those Muslim right. people. Yeah, I think I think you're you're on to something with that too. Uh, there's two things I'm going to want to mm-hmm. add to that. Uh, there's a book called Watch the Skies by a guy named Curtis mm-hmm. Peebles. Right. That he looks at the UFO phenomenon in terms of that. The book is an attempt to debunk it. And he shows how a lot of what people are reporting ties into uh, what's going on hmm. at the time. Like, what... By the way, that was the, ti- the original title of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Watch the Skies? Watch the Skies? Yes, I believe that was the, the actual hmm. title of it. Yeah, it's... Originally. It's there's there's a bunch of things that use that title. <laughs> yeah, that's why I gotta I gotta mention this guy's name because it's it's the, the one book that anybody had to mm-hmm. debunk, mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty slick because he makes reference to the idea that you don't see like when the government conspiracy idea of flying saucers gets popular in the seventies, you don't really see the black helicopters that everybody associates with it now until near the end of the seventies, and he points out mm-hmm. that. The sinister black helicopter reports mirror a lot of the reports that you saw of the helicopters. And right. Mom. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that sort of ties into one of the weird aspects of this, which is credibility. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is why I think the idea of UFO is just something you don't know what it is. It was in the sky ties in because people will fill in the blanks with their pet project or pet theory a lot in mm-hmm. these cases. For sure. Whether they should or not. Um, A good example is back in the Mm -hmm. day, when you go to the 50s and that, um, the governments of like the states, Canada, Britain, I think most nations, had plans in place for what you do if aliens show up. What do you do if we shoot down a flying saucer? Uh, What what do we do if like they're kidnapping a town? And a lot of people who who are really into the UFO phenomenon take that as acknowledgement that it's real, the government is planning, it has mm-hmm. to be real. And mm-hmm. that's not exactly what that was. It's the idea that the military hates surprises, so they come up with contingencies for everything. I heard rumors that the U.S. military right. actually has plans for a zombie uprising. Yep. Yes, it's true. Yeah, it is. And, and it's because, number one, well, you never know. Number two, it's a fantastic intellectual theory because if you think, if somebody released a... Uh, a weaponized bio mm-hmm. bioagent, like a mm-hmm. fast acting virus that it would operate and spread like a zombie True. attack does mm-hmm. in the movies. So yep. that principle thinking of it as a zombie invasion, it does allow you to correlate data that would be useful in something much more likely like somebody releases a biological mm, weapon. Very true. And and in all of those cases, it's that idea that people who are just waiting for the zombie attack or the aliens to invade, look at those reports and say, that's gospel. That's God's honest proof. The government's covering up. They know something and it's not, it's something a little different. It's just, they're playing. What if it doesn't necessarily mean that they believe mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the, the credibility come thing comes in. And, and that's how conspiracy theories happen because if you say, Nope, this is just bullshit. We're just doing it for, for the fun of it. There's going to be people say, they don't do anything for the fun of it. It's obviously real. We better stockpile weapons. Jesus is coming back. Hide in the basement. Very true. Very true. 
And I might comment as well that another example of this is actually just going back, sorry, sorry to go back in time for just a sec here, back to your World War II thing. So during World War II, they had the the Foo Fighters and the also uh, Ghost yeah. Rockets, they used to call them. There were the various UFOs mm-hmm. that people saw during World War II. Well, in 1947, around Mount Hood, Washington, um, a man whose name I'm forgetting again. Kenneth Arnold. There we go. Uh, I knew you'd fill that in. Saw a couple alien well a couple ufos flying around that were saucer shaped and so we we radioed back in and said hey there's mm-hmm. these like giant flying discs there they look like flying saucers suddenly mysteriously every ufo mm-hmm. after that looks like a flying saucer yeah not everyone but a great many of them many do. of them do not all of yeah, them yeah yeah you're right many of them do and the point is that, yeah, once people have that idea of, oh, this is what they should look like, suddenly that's what they look like, mm-hmm. which but shows it, that there is definitely some belief going on there. But yeah. even even three days later, there, there's the Maury Island incident where mm-hmm. he, the guy describes them as donut-shaped objects, which is pretty close to to flying saucers, right? So these, these are just very, very similar kind of descriptions that are happening. That's the problem is a lot of people say, well, yeah, they only came after this, but you go back and we've, you know, we've already talked about the fact that there are, there are tapestries mm-hmm. with UFO with the- looking like flying saucer uh, looking uh, true, true. Sh- ships and that. Mm-hmm. So yep. while it does hit the, the, the massive set of the media and they, they mm-hmm. use the term flying saucer ever since then, this isn't the right. first time that we see saucers. Right. Um, saucers have been seen in various different ways. They're just not really described as that because the, somebody, right, right. Somebody, somebody didn't drink tea. Right. Who knows? There's reason why. And you know, to to be fair, and again, I I it's interesting because I, I well, I am skeptical about so many different things. I'm one of those people that if somebody t- tell me tells me that oh yeah, I totally believe in flying saucers, I'm on the skeptical side. And if somebody's really mm. skeptical, I'm on the believer side. So I, I tend to sort of push <laughs> one way or the other. So Don just gave us a really good book of, of the skeptical side. I'm going to give you a really good book on the believer side. That in fact, if they tell you to read one book about ufos read the one by leslie keen called ufos it's because mm. leslie keen is a really really well credentialed real professional journalist and so when she actually came together and put this like she worked at the philadelphia inquire the did atlantic journal constitution the boston globe uh, just herald the tribune the globe and mail this i mean just, he she's so credentialed for this stuff and she actually sat down as an investigative reporter. She's a well-known investigative reporter and did and spent a lot of time with the Freedom of Information Act. Right. And mm-hmm. she got together a ton of information and went, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here that's really disconcerting. And there's a right. lot of yeah. stuff mm-hmm. suggesting very clearly that the government knows stuff that's going on. And so she, she – uh, I think it was in 2007 she did – an international press conference about the whole right. thing. And it was it was startling, mm-hmm. the information that she got, because, again, she also brings up the point, and, and a lot, like even if you look at, go and look at tons of videos called uh, Project uh, Disclosure. Right. Mm-hmm. There are hundreds of hours of really qualified people talking about their experiences, people who are high up in the military, people who right. are, are very well known at, at doing, you know, who, who work at airports doing aerial phenom- phenomena um, uh, identification, 
mm-hmm. police officers and their experiences, firefighters, a lot of professionals who've done that. It's just not just a couple of buck bucktooth people in the middle of a of a country town. Right, it's, right. There's a lot more that's going on, and I have a personal connection too because my father um, opened up to me to tell me about his experience, and it was pretty startling. So, oh, okay. Well, please do tell. He, he was uh, about ten or eleven. Maybe he said mm-hmm. he was around 10, 11, 12. I forget the exact. He'll, he'll tell me the age because he knows it very clearly. He was out um, in, in living in Galt area in Ontario. And it, Galt was not the big sprawling metropolis as it was right now. It was He was right on the edge of countryside, right? And there was all sorts of woods and stuff like that. And he, was, he said he was like around sort of like light woods uh, picking carrots with his friends in the middle of the sort of e- evening. It was dark out, right? And... Mm-hmm. They were just sitting around, hanging around in the woods, and suddenly above them, like less than 50 feet, hovering in front of them, was like the Close Encounters alien ship. And it went right past them, super slowly, without a sound. And everything around him was dead silent. All the crickets oh. stopped, everything stopped, and they just watched this for a couple of minutes. And my parents just told me recently that they actually found an article of that the next day where a bunch of people had that same experience where they saw this thing. Mm-hmm. So he was mm-hmm. shocked that it was that. And that wasn't the only experience. So that was his close-up one. He had uh, he and I both had become junior forest rangers. And... Um, he was a junior forest ranger back in like the late 50s, of course, 60s, early 60s. And I was uh, uh, much later, I think it was like late 80s. And um, and, and mm-hmm. uh, in the junior forest ranger in Ontario, they send you up north where you do a lot of work with regular forest rangers. And you, you know, clear cut some stuff and you plant trees and you do all that kind right, of stuff. Right. Well, he was stuck on, he was on sort of like fire duty watching with the fire towers, which they didn't have us doing it because they didn't need to really much anymore. And one night there was um, a fire in the forest. Something had hit um, the forest and Mm -hmm. they had the next morning, it was all covered with uh, government uh, planes and agents and they were picking up debris uh, that wasn't their own plane stuff. And mm-hmm. he had got, the other people had gone and seen it that were in the group and the whole bit. And he said, "Well, do we report this to his his the fi- the um the the forest ranger there?" And the guy basically went white faced and said, "No, we never report these things." Hmm. Oh, these things, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's, there's, there's a real. There, so there's, you know, when people say, "Well, everybody wants to know," not really. Like most people don't want to know. Most people are mm-hmm. really happy. It's like having Trump in the White House. It's not easy for people to have somebody who's a disruptor. And I'm not saying he's a good person in the White House. But the fact that anybody who's a disruptor, who's going to change things a lot, really, really makes people uncomfortable. Right? Mm-hmm. So now, and I'm not even talking about religious people. I'm just talking about people in general. If you have to change your entire mindset about something, that's really shocking for people, and people like to feel that they've got a good handle on the way the world works. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? definitely. And that's you know, great stories come from that. You know, the whole idea of you know, you know, people being afraid of vampires or ghosts. Of that, if they had any kind of proof of any of those things, it would be terrifying. There's one of those great quotes, and I forget who said it. It's like there's there's the two most shocking statements mm-hmm. in the world is. 
there's no such thing as aliens in the universe. And there's such thing as aliens in the universe, right? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> both are shocking in one way or another. If there's nothing else but human beings in an entire universe, that's utterly shocking. And if there's right. a, actual aliens that we can prove, that's utterly shocking. The truth is <laughs> nobody wants to really uh, you know, come across the reality right. of that situation. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, the the movie Red Planet Mars is basically about that, mm -hmm. which I believe uh, starred Peter Graves. I think, right? Was about okay. it was about they made contact with um, supposedly beings on Mars that the scientist and his family had built this gravitic radio, mm -hmm. and they were getting messages from Mars, and they would ask questions, and the world was listening, and every time they got an answer, it just fucked everything up really bad. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, there, there's a part where they say, well, we use gasoline for fuel. What do you use? And I said, well, we harness cosmic rays. It's cheap. It's mm -hmm. easy. And we'll teach you how to do it. And then the economy collapses because the, uh, the bottom falls out of, like, the uh, fossil fuel market. And then there's riots and groups are starting to, like, protest. And every time they, they get one of these answers, it just totally mm -hmm. wrecks the earth because – it's this fundamental change, like Jack was saying, and how we we think about something we never thought about before. Yeah, no, no, that uh, the there's a book called uh, the Three Body Problem. It's a Chinese novel. One the Hugo like last year, a translated version of it, and that book goes a little bit into that. And mm -hmm. without getting into spoiler territory, because it's a really good book. I highly recommend if you get the chance. Um, but yes, one of the things that's going on in that book is the humans are in contact with aliens mm -hmm. and it's messing things up because the, the powers that be are having to decide, well, do we admit this? Do we admit that we're actually talking to aliens and what happens if we do admit it? And as people are slowly becoming aware that this is going on, it's, it starts really messing things up hmm. because people don't know how to deal with it. Like basically it comes, their theory, if I remember right from the book is, Something to the effect of, if people know you're going to get generally two kinds of people, well, you get more than two, but generally speaking, you'll get those who are like, oh, that's really cool, aliens. And then you'll get those who are going to worship them as gods, basically, who are going to be like, oh my god, my new alien overlords. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that's a bit of a big problem. Um, because, yeah, there are some people who literally are totally okay with the idea that, wow, these beings are more advanced than us, we should worship them. That's mm -hmm. right. Cargo cults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's but exactly it's, it. If you think about it, though, you can also organize it in the same way of any kind of new technology. You'll have the early adopters. Mm -hmm. yep, you'll have the people true. that say, prove me this is true. And then you'll have the people that will never want anything to do with it. Right. And so right, you'll, you'll, right. Have the, you'll have the people who will, will do everything they can to prove that they're demons. Or it doesn't matter what kind of evidence you may have they could be the sweetest aliens in the world they yep. will never accept them they to do so would radically change the way that they see the world and that would be hell right so right yeah you're gonna have that regardless and if you know that's the situation the best thing you can do is try to you know be able to limit that in one way or another or do these little slow releases which is one of the arguments that i've seen a lot like even the, like the the big the big reveal that Pentagon has been researching this that happened mm -hmm. last Christmas, right? 
They had right, a huge yeah. thing that was last Christmas as the Pentagon's been researching, re- researching all this stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, but then there's also a really interesting book that was put out, and I think we should talk a bit about it because I think it really fits um, really well with a lot of what we're talking about in, in popular culture. It's called Silver mm-hmm. Screen Saucers, mm-hmm. Sorting Fact from Fantasy in Hollywood's Movies. Right, right. So okay. It was just recently, and they did an interview in, in Mysterious Universe about it with the guy. It was really fascinating. And he did some research, and he started to find out that, you know, basically all the big-budget movies that had to do with aliens, like The Day the Earth Stood Still and Close Encounters mm-hmm. of the Third Kind and the whole bit, there was, an arm, there was an arm of the military that was never quite identified what they were, but they came mm-hmm. in with some sort of military, um, you know, uh, credentials. And mm-hmm. they started telling people, yeah, the aliens should look like this or you should – they were they were there as consultants, but nobody knows who paid them. Right. And the alien ship should look like this. And the suggestion is in the, in, in the saucers is that, well, some of them were watching what they were doing. They're also trying to slowly ch- – to, to sort of release – what would the, what would society think if the aliens were a bit like this? Like there's right. stories that, for example, in uh, Independence Day, the the, mm-hmm. the aliens, the evil aliens, there's a species that's very much like that in mm-hmm. the universe, and so they wanted to see how people would react to that. So okay, and and it's this the so- same yeah sorry it's the same thing with uh, you know. Um, uh, ple- you know, pleasant species, you know, how will people react to that? Is there any, you know, so they want, it's, it's almost like the government is trying to put us in their own little experimental psychological experimental thing. It's, what would people think <laughs> if they actually knew this was true? Right. Well, there's, there's kind of two caveats to that though, that I think you had to mm. keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Is the idea of like government consultants, especially to go back to the fifties, that was kind of a standard because remember they wanted like their the proper morals and values stressed. Right. And it's entirely possible if you had these unnamed government guys sticking their nose into the extraterrestrial movies, it was to add all of the the, the anti-communist stuff. Sure. That it was con- it was considered a psyop to make people afraid of the red menace. And that's one of the reasons there is so much of that in the movies of like the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's also the idea that um, it might have nothing to do with extraterrestrials. It might be like a double blind that mm-hmm. the government does want to see how would people react to this? Not because of like an alien thing. It's they're just doing some kind of like psychological tally on yep. the public in general. So they're just throwing in this stuff and like the alien imagery and that is the way that they sneak it in without it seeming. Uh, yeah. Like, well, there's and, and that there's poor a... guy. There's that poor guy that that the government has has admitted drove insane because um, well, they they they, they, <laughs> they they dropped him off. Well, they they specifically gave him like hints about stuff like this, and they set him up to think that he was actually on the track to discover aliens, and they were helping him. But it was they were totally just messing with him. It's really mm-hmm. quite quite cruel. And then, of course, you forget that they also had like. Um, Steven Spielberg, when he did Close Encounters of the Third Time, he was really researched. Like so much of that stuff was actually what they were doing in UFO stuff at the time. In fact, Alan Hynek, the um, the guy, the civilian scientific advisor to Project Blue Book, was mm-hmm. a guy um, that they they used him in their research. He was the technical advisor on the show, and he even had a cameo. Right, right. 
So, so I mean, they spent, he spent a lot of time researching to see if, how, how realistic it is. Like, remember in the first scene with all the airplanes that come in that Mexican desert, they're all from like the lost flight 19 ships. Right. So they, they, right. he mm-hmm. really pulled from a lot of historical records to try to sort of throw in stuff about what, what had happened or at least what people thought had happened. And this is a problem, right? Is we, the ufology, which is, is kind of like fandom for UFOs mm-hmm. um, gets mixed up so much with the historical aspects that people start not really understanding what mm. is real and what is fictional. And this is where I get to what I call the X-Files factor. Okay. And this is what life, really... Life this, is badly written and repetitive? That too. Well, there's that um, too. Yeah. <laughs> what really ticks me off is that if I show somebody like a really cool video or something, I like, wow, this is really interesting. And, you know, this was like, this was the whole, you know, this happened to these people and this is what they said their experience mm-hmm. was. The response is, I've seen that up before in the X-Files, so it never happened. So the idea basically that if if Hollywood could recreate anything, mm-hmm. therefore it can't possibly exist in real life, right? Wow. It's but I mean people do that, right? They see something mm-hmm. before and they get uh, you know, they get immune to it because yeah. they've seen it. And I think that's part of the aspect too is like how much can we release? How much of this stuff can we release so that if there is something real there, nobody would know the truth. It's again to go back to Donald Trump it's the same kind of thing that he does. It's like people think like, yeah, he's nuts in all of his Twitter things, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of brilliant because he's making people so sick of all this <laughs> that when the time actually comes, it's like, oh my God, we've been talking about this for 14 months now. I don't care anymore. It doesn't mm. matter. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it works the other way too. Like when you talk about movies, because uh, Heineck actually, Heineck goes pe- back before Blue Book. He's part of Project Sign. Right. But the idea that if I'm making a movie about humans contacting extraterrestrials and I say, I did all these research. I had access to these like former government researchers. I checked these files. It's all based on what real evidence point to. That's a cheap, cheesy way of getting credibility for my film. Yeah. And there's sure. a lot of there's a lot of them that do that. Um, a famous example, I think, for that was when uh, in the '90s when they did Fire in the Sky, right? Mm-hmm. About the guy getting abducted and they have like the horrifying scene of the aliens doing shit to him. God, that was terrifying. It was. I knew but... I knew that story beforehand too, right? It's I forget the Travis Walton. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's his and actual yep. experience. That as he says it in 1975, he left with a whole bunch of his friends and he wakes up one time walking on his on the highway. Like two mm-hmm. weeks later or something like that, and nobody knew where he was. Still in the right. same clothes and the whole bit, yeah. But most of the stuff with like the aliens and the creepy scenes and that, that's not part of his report. Like, no, you're right. It was they added it, and because as I recall, I think he sued them over that. Yep. And and it's this idea that you take that little kernel of truth and then you blow it up, and when you get to something like um, controversial and 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 weird like ufos that Mm -hmm. just kind of muddies the water even further because it's it's like you say people will either discredit it because they've seen it in a movie or they'll see it in a movie and it cements that idea in their head now that must be what it's really like so here here's the interesting because we want to talk about that his in his experience travis walton's was in 1975 but it Mm -hmm. wasn't until 77 two years later that the the famous grays were shown up in Spielberg. 
Yeah. So well, and right, he, right. But so here, his his experience that he had predates the uh, the the cinematic experience. So it's not something that you could echo in the same way, right? You can't sit there and say, well, you know, he 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 got that experience because uh, of the whole thing. Similarly, very similar kind of uh, descriptions from which which many people consider to be like the, the birth of the whole abduction phenomenon was the Benny and Barney Hill one back mm-hmm. in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Right. And so those, those kind of descriptions they have of the aliens as well, totally predated anything that, you know, any of the ways that we look, we always saw in the fifties as like little green men or big hairy monsters. Uh-huh. Right. Well, and, and or that the Nordics. show up in the same way. What? Sorry? Or the Nordics. Remember or the they, Nordics. they'd also be like super hot alien chicks that would have sex with you. True. There were Not, a lot the, of reports. But of the, that. <laughs> I'm not sure the Nordics would though. The Nordics are always seen as like really, really cerebral. They're like very mm-hmm. Spockish kind of thing. So mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, cause... who's sorry? Who's the guy that uh, who is from like Norway or Sweden or something like that? Uh, Billy somebody who who right. who did a ton of photos back in the fifties, oh. like for thirty years. He like people kept saying they got to be faked, but they couldn't figure out how he faked them because they're so clear. Is, um, is that the guy it turned out to be like a chicken incubator he was p- taking pictures of? I don't think they ever found out. Because there was one guy. Because um, if you ever seen Billy the invaders. Meyer. Billy okay. Meyer. Swiss citizen. Right? His story is weird. It's mm. the weirdest story. He talks about like being <laughs> taken taken up by, by the aliens. He's had like two or three relationships. And I don't mean sexual, but relationships with friends that are aliens and they take him back in time and they take mm-hmm. him to other planets and they take him to all these different things. It's crazy stuff. Sorry. Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, You mentioned the greys. There's an interesting thing to that because mm-hmm. what we think of as the greys wasn't the greys for a while because even back in the day that always talk like in the 50s and the 60s, abductees would refer to what seemed like a subcast of alien, which are the little round-headed dudes. Right. Mm-hmm. But the Spielberg ones were closer to the reports of the day, because if you remember when you finally see one of like the taller ones, the commander types, he has blue eyes. He has very human-looking eyes. Mm-hmm. What we think of as the gray doesn't happen until after Whitley Stryber in the 80s. Right. Communion is the book that yeah. he made, and they did a couple of others, Transformation and a whole bit. Yeah. big blank eyes. Right. Hmm. And then that becomes the standard. And that's when you really start seeing them. The even the the abduction stories prior to that, even the the, the creepier ones tend to have that weird blase one. Like even Betty and Barney Hill, she talked about them doing experiments and it was painful map, but then she gets on to like they take her to the command center and show her the space map and that. It wasn't until communion that it became like this really horrifying terrible thing that these dead-eyed like horrible chalky skinned looking things would do to you and then after that everything was that and that's where like i say it's it's that problem that what's going on culturally affects what people report because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that was the thing if you go back like to the the 70s that they always described them as having blue eyes but they had human eyes huh. even if they were the little stumpy guys it's not until later that they have these big, like, black eyes or whatever. Yeah, well, like and, a shark. And, and then we get the whole, uh, like we had, I'd mentioned beforehand, which considered almost like the Red Book, the Russian manual mm-hmm. that was found, mm-hmm. where they have up to 82 different species. 
that they <laughs> that they've monitored that have come to Earth, and that the story comes from uh, a couple of friends cleaning out. I I can't remember. I hear different stories, uncles or fathers' uh, uh, files after he's died, and he was from Schmirk. Was it Smirch? Smirch. 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 Which I keep thinking, wasn't that the bad guy on Man from Uncle or something? <laughs> yes. No, that... something, yeah, you're right. Sounds that, like that. Yeah. Was that Thrush? Thrush. Thrush. Yeah, Thrush. Thrush. You're right, it was Thrush. It is close, though, isn't close. it? Close. It is close, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so they, they found this in Russian and uh, translated it and added pictures of their own and the whole bit. And it's supposed to be a, like a, a very high-level handbook that was handed out to Rush, between Russians about various different aliens and and who they are and where they came from and how many times they've been connected to various different places on Earth. And I'll give you this. It's really inventive. Mm-hmm. If you actually go read, and I, I uh, there's a link of uh, YouTube for the 82 aliens that I, I can't find my actual PDF copy of it, but you can you mm-hmm. can you can buy it as well online um, on Amazon. But the description of the aliens go everything from you know the next solar system over kind of thing to galaxies mm-hmm. away to fifth dimensional creatures because we're stuck in three dimensional bodies to it mm-hmm. just, it's very inventive. The people who have gone through and spent the time thinking about it. And of course, you know, earth is, is caught in, 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 in typical theme fashion between, you know, the evil ones who want to abuse us and the good ones who want to be able to save us and the neutral mm-hmm. ones that want to leave us alone. Right. <laughs> so Right. Mm. For for some reason, we are the crux of all things that are happening, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, that's where I started having problems with this kind of stuff. It's like, well, okay, so we're still the center of the universe? I mean, okay, that still seems odd to me. <laughs> well, I would look at it this way. There's two, there's a couple of different answers, and, and one of them mm-hmm. is... Uh, let's let's suggest that the Drake equation is is a little off, and we're really really rare. Mm-hmm. If we're okay. really really rare, all kinds of even if we're not super rare, let's say they they've cracked the, mm-hmm. the faster than light code, and they make it really right. easy to travel from one place to another. As mm-hmm. human beings, we would be checking out other species. We Definitely, would totally yeah. be checking them out, and we would totally be you know trying to figure out where they are. And we would also we would also make mistakes where we would, on one case, you know, help them out, and it could work out to be really devastating. And and mm. thousands of years later, we would decide, yeah, maybe we'll we'll be a little more careful about that kind of thing, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So if we're really really rare, it's easy for us to find. If we're really really plentiful. Well, maybe there's a reason for that too. Just like the Star Trek episode, which I found really cool, where maybe we were planted here, mm-hmm. maybe or, right. or we've been adjusted in some way or another. As the argument is from the the Greys, is they need our DNA for some reason. They're stagnating right. and they're dying, and right. that's why they're going through all that kind of stuff. So, the the big thing that I always like to point out that people don't get is that the reasons for aliens wanting us are alien. We're always right. trying – like we, we can't possibly necessarily understand. It's not that simple because they're coming right. from an entirely different alien experience and they're coming from an entirely different alien technology. We're always mm-hmm. trying to sit there and say, well, if we as humans wouldn't do this, we just drop down on the White House lawn. Not necessarily. I mean mm, so how do we know – how do we know that they can even perceive us? How do we know that they're not – they don't see us like bugs or, or bacteria and they're just kind of right. they're just kind of interested like this is really unique bacteria we're experiencing. Like 
we have no idea how they, they how they perceive us or or if mm-hmm. they do. Mm. So see that that hits the uh, big sci-fi dilemma though. That you can't say with any kind of extraterrestrial what's realistic because we only have one example of life in the universe, and that's our planet. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. it, it's entirely possible that we get out in space and they're all exactly like us. That for whatever reason, yep. mm-hmm. we are an inevitability. That every And I've put huh. forth the idea that people poo-poo the notion that like, well, they're like dog people. And then there's cat people on this planet and shark people. That could be how it works because the things that we think of as different species could likewise like when over 5 billion years when amino acids turn into sentient life right those are universal constants and you get them in different hmm. mixes but right that, yeah that idea that and yeah there's a theory pro- about that too there's there's a, mm-hmm. a theory that basically uh that the the format that it becomes human beings is is sort of like stamped in the in this universal understanding of how intelligent life operates mm. Right. Mm. So you can have slight variations, but you're always going to have or most likely going to have more bipedal human like creatures that come out of the primordial ooze and, you know, take over a planet as opposed to, you know, hivers from Traveler. If that if that right. (laughs) Hivers were always interesting, you know, like starfish. (laughs) Right. You know, like Mm. basically. So, um, <laughs> I'm just making all kinds of things for Don to have to <laughs> traveler. <laughs> now I got to go find a link for traveler hyperlink. All right. Yep. Hyperlink. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no, no. And that's an interesting idea. Of course, that's also a really scary idea. If you think about it, because mm-hmm. that goes along with the idea. Again, the, the three body problem talks about this, where the idea that the universe could actually be kind of like a jungle floor. And they use this analogy where you've got all these different life forms. But the thing is, is that the strong life forms prey on the weak. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, if they're just like us and they're just as competitive and somewhat paranoid as we are, then if they become aware of us, Mm -hmm. they're going to do their best to actually wipe us out to eliminate the competition before we become a threat. Hmm. Right. Now, here's here's and here's the counter to it. And this is from Stephen Greer, Dr. Greer, who I think is a little too wingding about, you know, our our (laughs) cosmic brothers love us. Um, Mm. But to be fair, he's got a really good point. If they wanted to wipe us out, we'd be gone. Maybe they will, but we haven't got. Keep in mind, Jack, that our radio signal bubble that we're basically creating with all our you know electromagnetic noise that perhaps they will use to find us. Yes, has only gone out so many light years at this point. So you're assuming that they haven't found us, and when they do, it's really bad. It's it's like Stephen Hawking saying it's not a good idea to send out. (laughs) Exactly, we are the we are the native species, the native Indians, waiting for the Europeans to come and give us their deadly blankets. And Ooh. even if, let's say, they are in a planet that's only you know a dozen light years away, in which case they have heard us, mm-hmm. they may not be capable of getting to us yet, or they may already be en route. Right. Mm-hmm. Which Assuming was that big concern. That, mm-hmm. Sorry, is that big concern at one point? Remember that m- massive object that came into the solar system and then left? 
and looked yep. like a big needle kind of thing. And people were like, this does not look like an ast- an asteroid. Asteroids don't look like this kind of thing. And it's just sort of yep. spun in. And then it used the, 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 uh, the, the slingshot themselves back out of our, uh, from the, from the, the sun. Well, themselves, we were pretty sure it's actually was a kind of cluster of rocks, basically. Yes. Yeah, that, exactly. Uh, it, but it that wasn't was exactly thoughts, right? powered, but yeah. yeah, but we were mm. worried about that. It's like, For oh, sure. shit, is this something yeah. like actual, or is this our rendezvous with Rama moment? What's going on? Here? That's right. Yeah. Um, and but that may still come in our yeah. lifetime. Well, speaking of astronauts, what do you think about Edgar Mitchell's uh, proclamations then? Oh, remind me, what are they? So Edgar Mitchell's famous. He's like a famous NASA astronaut. Traveled, walked on the moon, part of Apollo fourteen mission. He mm-hmm. is. He has been declaring for many years now that we are being visited. This is his own words. We are being mm-hmm. visited. It is now time to put away this embargo of truth about the alien presence. I call upon right. our government to open up and become part of this planetary community that is now trying to take our proper role as a spacefaring civilization. So he had experiences both off-world and he feels he was visited many times on Earth by aliens. Mm-hmm. That they actually had a conversation with him about this kind of stuff and and knew that the government knew all about this. Um, and, and so this isn't, again, if you want to talk about credibility, right. You don't get much more credible than an astronaut. They don't put nutcases up in the air for a reason. You know, that's <laughs> they, true. They don't that's trust them true. with trillion dollar equipment. They go through all kinds of uh, psychological battery testing. Right. So, well, it doesn't mean though that they're not affected by it. Um, I remember yeah. hearing stories about some of the astronauts. Oh, there was the... The guy who was the twin, he and his twin brother was on Earth, and then he went up and lived on the space station for like a year. He just came back like a year or two right, back right, right, ago. Right, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And after he came back, he went through all kinds of hell. Like because of all the biological, because his body had adapted to zero G. And yeah. then oh, he'd yeah. wake up like in the middle of the night and he was like swollen up like a balloon and things like that. Oh, yeah, there's like a lot of physical issues, up. but there's no I, – I haven't heard of any actual mental problems from people coming back. I've just heard of physical issues like uh, vascular problems, muscular mm-hmm. problems, structural problems with the back. But I haven't That's heard true. that there's been psychological problems that have damaged them. The most only changes I've heard from uh, that they've that they've noticed uh, from astronauts mm-hmm. was once they see the Earth as as like from a distance, they stop seeing themselves as part of a particular nation. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, they I've just heard that too. they just get this universal understanding that now you know what we live on this little blue planet together. We got to stop fighting over stupid territory things. So. And they just won't stop seeing Kumbaya for some reason. That's, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's because the alien parasites want <laughs> us to lower our defenses. Oh my god, what was that? Mm-hmm. They've done, they've done a number of those movies where you bring back a parasite that like from the mm-hmm. moon or something like that too. Oh, that's that's yeah, a classic, times. dude. It's a classic, yeah. So I, I mean, that's I another that's the another theme was. is is the parasite, yeah. right? I mean, even mm-hmm. as even like alien, it's a different kind of parasite. But that's so, yeah. The, the theme, another theme of stories is is that we are being eaten up by something alien that has taken us over. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Which one was it? There was. Is it? Was it? I married a male alien from outer space. There's one where the ast- the, the astronaut's wife. Go- the astronaut's wife. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there was mm-hmm. an earlier, like 1950s version of that, basically. Sure. Where yeah, there was. Well, the, I Married a Monster from Outer Space was one. It was I Married a Monster from Outer Space. Yeah, where the astronaut goes up. When it comes back, it's not really her husband. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, well, there's a bunch. That was a Night of the Blood Beast. 
is the yeah. it's alien. It's yeah. the same thing, except it eats your face. Well, what and about the thing, once... right? Yeah, the, the thing, thing is the same idea. Like little, that's a little different, but well, mm. isn't isn't that the isn't it the thing? I always get them mixed up. Is it the thing that comes from like an ice? From, what what's the one that that the John Carpenter? It well, it's here. They're all the same. It's, <clears throat> yeah. they're all an alien. It comes from a short story called "Who Goes There." Right, yeah. right. And in the original short story, they basically accidentally thaw out an alien life form. Uh, they're up in a re- research station. Ice station shape... zero or or zebra is another one that they take from that story too. Right. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. No, that was an action that's, movie. I thought yeah, that's a that's war movie. No, it's, it started off as a radio drama that was that was similar kind of thing. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so the original short story, they basically, yeah, they dig up the alien, which quickly, they quickly discover can basically shapeshift to look like anyone and is telepathic, so it can pretend to be people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's actually, in the original story, there's a flaw. It's like, it's not, you know, it's not as powerful as the John Carpenter one or as, as like, yeah. you know, absolutely all consuming, literally. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they f- eventually figure out there's some kind of like psychological trick. I can't mm. remember quite what it is, but they figure out basically a way to figure out who is the alien, and they it's I the blood. With them. It's the blood. So if they take some of the blood and they try to like put flame up against it or something like that, the blood will react because it's no, still no, no, a living. No, no, that's John Carpenter's version. Oh, that's no, the, the John original story is different. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay the original the original short story is different. It actually there's some there's a psychological trick. Oh, okay. In, the, in that one that they use because it the can't it can only replace a single person. It can't replace multiple people in that one. Okay, gotcha. it's gotcha. not an infection. The John, and then there's the first version of that with James Arnez, the thing, yeah, uh, which is my personal favorite of the of the lot. I loved that one as a kid, and that's just kind of a Frankenstein alien monster, plant guy right. monster, menacing people. That's that's you know, it's not it's it's fun, but it doesn't have the whole parasite thing. Yeah. And then there's the John Carpenter one, which I classify as one of the scariest movies of all time. Um, <laughs> yes. And, uh, Terrifying. And because exactly because it is like yeah that parasite and it's replacing multiple people and um, yeah people get really really into who's a thing and who's not wasn't the thing and apparently mm-hmm. like there are some people who I remember one guy he said he and his wife watch it every year and their game is to see if they can figure out what order the thing replaced people in. Right, based on based on what you know, what the thing, and um, oh, here's the really messed up thing. At mm-hmm. the end, there's the two guys who are left. One of them is a thing. Mm-hmm. There's a subtle, there's a subtle, there's a subtle reference. This is a spoiler, but whatever. Um, the <laughs> to one, a thirty year old movie. There, there are two guys. Only one of them actually has uh, his breath is frosting up. The other one has no oh. frost breath when he speaks. Oh, <laughs> they, clever! They did that on purpose. Huh. Very cool. So, so the thing is still around even at the very end, and well, you, it ends how it ends. Hmm. Um, and but anyway, so the thing, yeah, but the thing is an old story. I think it's from nineteen fifties. Think who goes there yeah. was written. I wish I could remember. Nineteen thirty-eight. It's thirty-eight from oh, wow. Astounding Science Fiction, and it's by John W. Campbell. Yeah, I hmm. thought it was Campbell. I did, I forgot. Yeah, he did a ton of sci-fi. Good yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah, the original one's a bit different than what we think of as like the thing. Basically, is John Carpenter's the thing. That's what everyone thinks of, right? Yeah. Mostly because once you've seen it, you can never unsee it, and it will etch itself <laughs> into your brain. Yeah. Right. Um, well, by the way, I, you maybe mm-hmm. you don't think it was another guy because he wrote it under a pen name. So right. the pen name was Don A. Stewart. 
Okay. So, but it was uh, John W. Campbell for the reason. So there you go. I did actually know it was a Campbell story, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. So I was like very aware yeah. to say that or not. And it okay, was a novella. It wasn't even a short story. So there you go. Oh, okay. It was a bit longer. Okay. A bit longer. But again, it's it is different. Sure, um, sure. It's it's more about Cold War paranoia. It's right. that kind of thing. It, it it is the kind of story from what I recall that Rod Serling could have adapted it to, to the Twilight Zone, and it would oh, have yeah. fit in just perfectly yeah. fine. Nice. It's like that kind of story. Very cool. Um. But anyway, you know what's weird about the John Carpenter one? What? That I didn't realize till years later, and I don't know if there's an actual connection here or not. Mm-hmm. The uh, the thing in the John Carpenter film, mm-hmm. that's a Gona Guy demon. That's true, it is. Um, but the way, I would... The way yeah. it works and all of that, that's how, how Gona Guy explained the demon in the Devilman comic, was that they absorbed other life forms and took on their aspects. Yeah, that's true. Usually in gruesome, gory ways, like in the uh, in the film. <laughs> the question is whether, and you're right. And uh, the question would be whether Carpenter had ever seen any of Gona Guy's work, which I kind of doubt it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I doubt it actually. But yeah. you're right; it is, especially if you watch the Devilman OAVs. It literally yeah. demonstrates that and how that all works. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. And that's that's definitely a good point. Anyway, so let's continue on. Hopefully, let's let's talk about ET and Happy Aliens. Let's start talking. <laughs> let's stop talking about the thing. <laughs> which, ironically enough, the thing and ET, if I recall, came out the same year. Wow. Yeah, I think they did, or they were very close. Yeah. Yeah. So the same year, the kids got to see the Happy a- Wonderful Alien, and all the adults got to see the Oh my God, that's horrific Alien. Yeah, <laughs> and, and well, ET came after Close Encounters, so Close Encounters yeah. was like the big game changer, right? And he, yeah. ha- ET actually, he got the idea for ET from Close Encounters because when Spielberg was doing the last thing, there was actually a little guy with like mm-hmm. long fingers and hands that he called right. Puck. That he it was you know he was a it was a, a puppet of some sort, and then he had this idea. Well, what if this little guy didn't get back on the mothership? Right. And so from there he you know moved ahead from ET. Uh, by the way, again for more high strangeness stuff, uh, mm-hmm. Spielberg claimed that he had UFO encounters uh, while making this. Some weird mm-hmm. stuff that was that was happening while they were making it. They could see stuff in the sky. They had all kinds of uh, weird power outages that happened and things that are happening in the sky while this while they were filming it. Weird stuff. Like it just mm-hmm. <laughs> again, the high strangeness factor is really, really unusual. It I is. It. it is. But again, I'm gonna play. Uh, I guess the, this would Please be do. Alien Overlords advocate here. If you're making a movie about something like that there's always the possibility that your brain's moving in those circles and you're more aware of things that would come across as, as strange. That's so true. I, I go, th- I do this thing with mm. my students and, uh, and, and I, you know, I got it from Tony Robbins, but it makes perfect sense. We are deletion creatures, right? So mm-hmm. we really focus only on the things that we want to see basically. So mm-hmm. like I, I tell my students, I say, okay, I want you to like, Look around the room right now, and I want you to look at everything in the room that is green. Look really quickly, and I memorize everything in the room that's green, and then I, then I get them to close their eyes, and I say, okay, now tell me everything in the room that's brown. And they can't think of one thing mm-hmm. because all they've been focused on is what's green. Mm. So, you know, this is the, the, the argument, and I hear this too about a lot of people who's like, who spend a lot of time researching alien um, abductions or alien stuff start having experiences themselves. 
So right, like the, yeah. the whole idea, if you roll around with dogs, you get fleas, right? Mm-hmm. So if you spend a lot of time focused on a particular thing, you may end up uh, getting that experience yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Or when you look at the abyss, the abyss looks back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thanks or for re- think going it back does. to the blackness there, Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. We were just, just lightly into E.T. for like 20 <laughs> seconds and you took us to the abyss. Which is another great uh, alien movie, by the way. It is actually yeah. that is a fa- I, that's one of my favorites, actually. Me yeah. too. ET is oh. horrifying. ET is horrifying. He's this little <laughs> misshapen, lumpy thing, and his head gets an erection when you scare him. He's got these like gangly <laughs> arms, and it's like, you. <laughs> actually, I've known people that consider ET a horror film that were actually terrified Absolutely. by that movie. Absolutely, yeah. I can see that. Um, especially people who aren't used to watching horror, that E.T. can actually be kind of intense. Well, I think it's because of E.T. I mean, I think E.T. and Close Encounters and Raiders of the Lost Ark and stuff like that, they started saying we need a PG-13 because there right. are elements of horror in there that are much more terrifying that you can't, you know, put that in the same level as, like, Goonies. Right, that's true. <laughs> right? Or you, so you they, can. Yeah. <laughs> or you can. Because wasn't E.T. originally, like, the very original plan was it was going to be a horror movie? Possibly. I know, I that, know. I know that the uh, the spoken word vinyl of it is pretty horrific. Did, 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 uh-huh. I, t- did I tell you who did that? I no. found I found it in the, in the uh, CKDU <laughs> radio station. Michael Jackson. Oh, oh wow. Michael Jackson reads E.T., yes. <laughs> so Wow. It's very weird. That's like the most 80s thing ever. It is. It is. (laughs) Yeah. But he did Captain EO or EAA or whatever. Yeah. 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 EO. EO, EO. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, I I get the feeling that he's kind of alien himself. (laughs) Well, Michael Jackson was out there. There's no question on that. Yeah. (laughs) On another planet. Well, that's one way to look at it. He was moonwalking. Let's give him that. Dun, okay. Done. <laughs> All right. So, um... but oh, let's before we go. And again, I had so much here that I was thinking of because Close Encounters was a game changer. It really mm-hmm. opened people's minds for what 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 you know what was going to happen in the ET world and 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 what it meant to have disclosure. Right. This idea mm-hmm, that right. we actually happen and it it brought up something that kept coming back to was a project they called Serpo. Did you hear mm-hmm. about that one, Don? Nope. Project Serpo was the alleged human alien exchange program between U.S. military oh. personnel and a race of extraterrestrials from the Zeta Reticuli star system. And so mm-hmm. they, they, they have said that they've done this exchange two or three times. One in 65, 12 astronauts mm-hmm. were taken to the planet. And then back in the 80s, um, when uh, they did a, it was a second or a third exchange with Ronald Reagan as the president. Yeah, because he okay. eats like strawberry ice cream. There you go. Because <laughs> is isn't that the same sort of thing though? The where um, Dulce Base supposedly comes from. Yes, that it was part of that, and then Dulce Base is where they found out supposedly this is like real stuff that the aliens were doing. Like they were abducting more people than they were allowed to by the U.S. government, and it was a yep. big fight. And supposedly it's still there, sealed off, and they don't know if the aliens are dead or not. Yeah, there's like there was a guy who used to go around and show off his like fried off hand, like yeah, it was, it was lasered off in mm-hmm. in the in this massive battle, and they just 
sealed the thing up, right? And, wait, wait. Yeah. Okay, so the aliens had a base that the U.S. government knew about, and they were okay with. And then they discovered the aliens were, you know, um, were not living up to their side of the bargain. So yeah, they decided they, to raid they, the yeah. base. Though they had a bargain originally, which was, um, you give us technology, and we'll allow you to, um, you know, uh, do some experiments on on human on the human civilization population, but only so many, and we had to know about mm -hmm. it. And then the idea right. was the aliens were like, screw this. We'll do whatever we want. And mm -hmm. then when they found that out, then there was, you know, hell to pay, supposedly, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's why Ronnie and Reagan wanted to set up the whole Star Wars program. Whatever happened to that base? The Star the Wars. No, it's the Star Wars uh, destruction. Uh, the oh, the Star Wars was... defense grid. Yeah, that was that was orbital. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was supposedly for to shoot down nukes, and then they discovered particle beams don't work through an atmosphere. Right. Oh, okay. That's right. what happened, right? And the thing well, is, and he it was did super say, expensive. like, there was the big thing, which, of course, could be read as just some sort of metaphor. But he did say, I often wonder, this is Reagan, right? I often wonder mm. if, we, if, if an alien species came, how quickly our, our differences would you know, melt away, and we would have to become one against an alien threat. Right. And he's like, that's a really weird thing to throw out there, but... Which I'll... is funny, because you know who else gave that exact same speech? Who? Captain Glovel. Oh, in Robotech. Yeah. C Commander uh, yeah. the SDF-1. Robotech Macross. Yep, that's mm. true. He gives that speech. Actually, <laughs> technically, the technically, so does Watchmen. Because in the Watchmen, the whole point is that the Earth is about to go to nuclear war. Yeah, and the right. bad guy, quote unquote, is trying to basically set up a, a threat so that everyone will put down their guns and actually train them on space or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that that was an old Outer Limits episode, too, back in the 60s. It was? Cool. Yeah, that that yep. the, the government had hired a bunch of people and they were turning this guy into an alien. They were actually altering oh, him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. was what they wanted him to show up and be all scary and that so that the, the world would unite to fight these supposed extraterrestrials. Didn't he like show up at like UN headquarters or something like that? And then, and then so of course he like attacks with his advanced weapon and the, they gun him down and they say, Oh my God, it's an alien. And so there he's, it's a suicide mission basically. Yeah. I can't remember how it ends. It has a weird ending, but I haven't seen it for like a bajillion years. But yeah. I know when you're talking about it, it's been, again, it's been like 30 years since I saw mm -hmm. it though. And, and and the thing is, and we we're talking about this, the movie industry, probably since the 50s, had been grabbing hold of a lot of concepts that were in in the air, in the wind, or people have been writing about them in one way or another. You can call it historical or you can call it fictional. It, it really depends on what mm -hmm. you're looking at. But they popularized True. things in science fiction that hadn't happened before. So things like Men in mm -hmm. Black... Close Encounters the third time we talked about what the you know the five kinds are and yeah. the fourth kind Area Fifty One all of those things kind of got really popularized. Hold, hold, hold on, Jack. We actually didn't talk about the five kinds of encounters not during this conversation. Right, right. Okay, so the five encounters, uh, the close encounters, and this was done by the guy from Project Blue Book. At least he talked about the three. And the first mm -hmm. one is when a person sees a UFO within one hundred and fifty meters. That's mm -hmm. a first kind. So my father. Had a close encounter of the first kind. Um, mm -hmm. And that he also had a second kind because it leaves evidence such as scorch marks, right? Right. Uh, that's the second kind. The third kind is visible aliens in or out of the craft and things like uh, Shag Harbor or what had right. happened under Shag Harbor when they had the frogmen looking at the alien ship in the water, the USO, and they could see mm -hmm. people through the windows. 
that's a that's a, an example of a third kind and then fourth kind is taken and experimented on and that's um mm-hmm. the travis walton experience and and benny and barty hill and now we have the fifth kind which is what they call mutual bilateral communication and mm-hmm. uh they have sex it would it possibly no but i mean it's it's the seti people right the the c seti i okay. guess is what they're called and it's mm-hmm. um the c seti people are are set up by P, uh um greer is it david greer michael greer i forget it stephen greer dr stephen mm-hmm. greer and he mm-hmm. um he set up project disclosure for a while and he claims he has all this information but can't release it because of various different you know, promises he's made to people or they won't feed him any more information. And which is really, you know, <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's really a, you know, a really easy thing to say. Convenient. Um, very yeah. convenient is the word I'm looking for. But anyway, he, he has people come out and they'll go to like the, the new Mexican desert. Um, by the way, there's a bunch of places like the best places to find about uh, UFOs. There's like 10 or 11 mm-hmm. places to check out ufos which is great mm-hmm. and one of them is in like sedona right and the whole bit <laughs> um but anyway so um he gets these people out and they sort of meditate and then they and then the ufos apparently come out and they film them and stuff like that come out of the sky and it's like they're waving at them or something they don't actually wave at them but they just come out and show themselves which mm-hmm. to me seems like a real waste of like of fuel right right (laughs) quick quick there's a handful of human beings meditating about us let's leave our star system and go and appear before them not not like land or anything just like flash up in the air and let them know we're here exactly it doesn't make a lot of sense so no no it doesn't that lends us itself to the idea that nobody that's possibly even more horrifying to think about extraterrestrials Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm what if they're dumber than us? And it's like, oh, hey, Bob, I'm going to go scare those humans. Watch. Ah, look at them run. Ah. And then they hop in their ship, take off. And the only reason they have advanced technology is because somewhere during our technological development, we took an entirely wrong turn and are just doing everything the hard way. That's right. Right. Yeah. They were so much smarter. <laughs> yeah. Or luckier. They just, or luckier. Right. Yeah. Luckier. Yeah, luckier. Right. They had one Tesla guy who figured out how to do all of the things that Tesla promised that he could do, and they just and they just decided to glom onto that technology. Or or mm-hmm. they could be teenagers, right? Oh yeah, just, like t- taken off in this in the old UFO sports coupe and <laughs> try to buzz those humans. Teenagers yeah. from outer space. <laughs> well, the old Dr. and Quinch comic was uh, from 2000 AD. Was basically that. <laughs> I love Dr. and Quinch. Yeah, that's that needs to be a movie it does it does that would be great that would be great unfortunately even though we had um we had just had a a link and you, you can find that but um in canada alone there have been a monstrous amount of ufo sightings in just 2017 alone right like well over a thousand that they found kind of thing and that being said we're still not on the top eight plus places to search for ufos yeah. Right. So. Chile yeah, being the number one. Hmm. And hmm. the Alma Observatory being another. San mm-hmm. Clemente UFO Trail, which I've never heard of. El okay. Cuidamos Astronomical Hotel is another. Um, the huh. Andes UFO Tours up in the Andes, apparently. Mm-hmm. Wiltshire, England, of all places. Um, right. Okay. Area, Area 51, as everybody would expect, in Nevada. Or Groom um, Lake. 
Uh, Groom Lake, yes. And yeah. Planet uh, XV UFO Hunting Trip. I've never heard of that one, but that's I guess that's from Area 51. Sedona, I've already mentioned in Arizona. So the Sedona Tours. And then Wycliffe mm. in Australia, I think. And then there's one place in, uh, in, in Russia, which is known as the M Triangle in Russia. So, and then another place in California, which is Joshua Tree. So there's there's various places that are supposed to be the hot spots. We haven't talked about Skinwalker Ranch, which is kind of like the Dulce base, right? Is well, that in the same area? Yeah, kind of. Except Skinwalker Ranch is just it's a place of all kinds of weirdness, as I recall. It's it's not specifically mm. like flying saucers. No, but there but there have been discussions about aliens too, specifically in there too. Yeah, because you you. Oh, you've hit on a couple things. You've hit on a couple things that uh, come up every now and then that um, the 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 flying saucer thing ties in with other stuff. Mm-hmm. That there's a lot of uh, reports of say uh, Bigfoot activity that ties in with UFO sightings, and you mentioned like the Alps, and I know like in the Himalayas and that. Mm-hmm there's supposedly like ufo sightings that tie in with uh the 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 yeti and things like that wow Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's really weird because there's there's so many i have a friend of mine and her husband worked for nasa as a technical kind of guy for nasa Uh and and she was sort of joking about it one time uh and he never talks about ufos and she was joking about it one time she's like yeah if you ever caught it, if you ever found a UFO, they'd have to kill you, right? And he looked really stricken. <laughs> and she said, "What? What's wrong?" And he said, "I just want to let you know that there are units out there that are designed to make sure those kind of things never come out." Mm-hmm. So he was suggesting <laughs> that there's military units designed that if there's some, if somebody starts saying some, which, which, because there's been a lot. Let's be fair. There's been a lot of people who have died mysteriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like James Forrestal. Now, uh, was, he was the guy it, he was the guy who was in charge of the whole Roswell ex- uh, um investigation. Really right. well known, highly decorated, top of the line military guy. Um uh retired and the whole bit, the story was he was going to break everything about the UFOs, found dead threw himself out of his hotel window. Hmm. Was a hotel or a hospital? It could have been a hospital. You're right. I, I thought it was a hotel, but it could have been a hospital window. So, but it's just there's a bunch of those things. So like, there's another one. It's not a UFO necessarily, but it was like a guy who uh, the 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 official record is that he killed himself um, by tying himself up and cutting his own throat while folding himself in his own suitcase. Mm. yeah well (laughs) (laughs) so they found him like folded up in his suitcase with his hands tied behind his back with his throat cut and it was like suicide (laughs) (laughs) clearly a suicide i'm not so sure that's exactly true (laughs) well that's that's for some reason that kind of suicide only seems to happen in england mostly europe yes and it's always somehow seems to involve the russians we're not quite sure why but you know (laughs) <laughs> well, the, speaking of England, wasn't the Rendisham Forest incident a big one in England? Yep, it was. And, yeah. and again, that's a bunch of uh, really well-documented elements there with really highly credible mm-hmm. military people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. There's there's a bunch of and you know even the Canadian ones. I was really shocked when I read about the um, the Falcon. Is it Falcon Ridge? I don't know that incident. one. Okay, Falcon Lake, Falcon Lake incident. Um, mm-hmm. and they've just it's like fifty. Uh, just recently, CBC had a little anniversary, like fifty years later, and it was just this guy in Falcon Lake, and Falcon Lake's like northern Ontario, I think, or northern Quebec. I can't remember exactly where. And it's like mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, and he's out, he's out like fishing or something, and he sees this like cigar like fifty style rocket ship almost landed mm-hmm. there. And he comes over and he thinks like it's it could be some sort of like Russian rocket or something. And he's like, hello. And he's like knocking on the thing. Like he's even there to knock on the thing. And then it it hits him with something and he blasts off and blasts off and leaves him there. And hmm. he he wakes up because it's it like knocks him out and he wakes mm-hmm. up at night and he's in terrible pain and he gets to the hospital and eventually like somehow he gets back to the hospital and he's 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 got radiation burns all over his body. Hmm. And so it's, it's considered to be actually like Canada's most credible, uh, flying saucer or some kind of, you know, alien, uh, interaction because there was so much physical evidence. He died of cancer several years afterwards. Hmm. Um, um, but this guy had like no reason to make this stuff up. And, and there's no way like the, the doctors look at it like, this just doesn't happen. This guy was hit with something that was high levels of radiation. Yeah. Right. So. That's sufficiently weird. Yeah. There's okay. a lot of well, that stuff. Yeah. I mean, Shag Harbor, of course, is also a little bit on the... Um, strange. Uh, yeah, strange yeah. side. For sure. Uh, and there were a ton of... Weren't there a ton of witnesses for that one, too? Big time. Big time. And mm-hmm. and, and yeah. foam on the, on the, in the water. Like this orangey right. kind of foam that happened in the water. Now, to be yeah. fair, I have a friend of mine... I talked to you about him earlier, and his father was um uh, was a military officer, and he seemed to suggest that it actually it was like a nuclear missile that got knocked out of the sky, <laughs> and they didn't want to say that this thing could have been really, really, really bad, so they said and said, <laughs> "Oh yeah, it's probably an alien ship, right?" So I don't right. know, I don't know if that's the truth. That's just his story about it, kind of thing. But right. there was, and I thought this. I I mentioned the one with the frogmen and and seeing mm-hmm. an alien ship in the water. That actually was a couple of days later, right? Um, hmm. but it's still connected to the Shag Harbor because it's like a couple of miles down river, kind of there down in the in the water. Uh, right. Yeah. So it it is it is somewhat connected, but it could be a secondary, a sighting of some sort. So right, it's, they're not necessarily the same sighting. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of hmm. sightings, I mean Phoenix Lights. Yep. Like to the the Still the argument on. the argument that it was like the, the military came up with that this was just flares does not fly, it just doesn't right. fit. There's no way flares move like that. And there's a lady who wrote a book who was a total skeptic, and she wrote I think she wrote Phoenix Lights: A Skeptic's Discover That We're Not Alone, and she saw she saw the Phoenix Lights like two or three days in a row. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just mm-hmm. that one time where everybody saw it over Phoenix. She lives out near the mountains with her husband. I guess she was a therapist, a uh, psychiatrist. And so she and her husband were documenting this for a couple of days, this massive – and again, it was a triangular craft, right, that they, right. Th- that everybody suggests that they saw. So there have been really massive uh, sightings. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be mass hallucinations, right? Um, it could be. But- or just that idea they're, they're- – misinterpreting what they see exactly you sure things like 
things like that, you've always got the problem that if it is the military doing something, the last thing they're going to want to tell you is they're doing something. Even if it's like nothing all that like weird or covert or dangerous, mm-hmm. they're not going to tell you because there's always that fear that somebody might glean some information about something from it. Right. And that's why they tend to just keep their mouth shut about absolutely everything. But that makes it look like they're trying to cover something up. And then if you already think they are, that just gives you more fuel for your conspiracy fire. True. Mm-hmm. But that, that would work in their favor if it was something that um, didn't make them look like fools. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about, what about the examples of like when ships were shot down? Uh, that that puts the military in a bad situation, or even worse, the aliens shutting down nuclear sites. Like mm-hmm. those those no no military wants to have that information go out because it makes yeah, them look helpless, true. right? And there's several different examples of that that and uh, from both British and U.S. nuclear missile sites where they have examples of UFOs coming up and either shutting down entirely or reversing counts or all kinds of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Reversing counts. Wait, they were playing to launch. Well, they they had. There was one example of one where they were they were like counting down because they were doing a test run or something like that to fire off, mm-hmm. and and the actual numbers like reversed or something. It was very weird. Um, I forget exactly <laughs> what happened with that. But again, some of these. How how do you spend the time corroborating these? Right. Yeah. Um, you do hear about these from third party people. And like you said, the military doesn't want to say too much about it. You can get leaks from people in the military, but more times than not, they're not going to, which is why I I always argue like those project disclosures are amazing because these people are coming up on camera and they're saying, and they say at the end, and this is what I saw, or this is what I witnessed. And I will say Mm. this in front of a Senate committee. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're, they're willing to put their, their credibility uh, behind what they say and i i can appreciate that right you know what's a scary thought though that uh, president trump may actually know the truth of the whole alien thing <laughs> it's true well they do they do say that uh very few of the presidents know though like there's so many yeah. there's so many black op organizations that are that are just really paid for under the you know uh, the, the president mm-hmm. doesn't have the high. If you look at the presidential security, he's nowhere mm-hmm. near the highest security. Yeah, right. Because yeah. He, he's potentially there for four years. Right. Yeah, exactly. So all these yeah. other people are career bureaucrats, right? They, they, the people right. that are yep. there, they're there for 30, 40 years. They know that even when they retire, they, they, they can kill them. Whereas the president's always <laughs> seriously, if some, if they're going to start saying something, they can have them killed if they want it. Right, and their true. families, because they're nobodies, right? But the yeah. president has a detachment of Secret Service for the rest of his life. Mm, that's true. And it, be, and it becomes a much bigger thing if somebody that large, like if Ronald Reagan, you know, suddenly is assassinated, that's, even if he, even if he hasn't been president for 15, 20 years, that's an international incident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, they say supposedly the last president that was really interested in the whole alien thing was Kennedy. No, um, no, Carter. Carter was. No, Carter. Carter, Carter saw he, one himself, and he was fascinated. He said Close Encounters of the Third Kind was his favorite movie. Yeah, but he didn't make any big push to reveal anything or that. Yes. He made, he made a report. Right. That supposedly Kennedy was the last one that was really looking into things. Although, that's a rumor. There were rumors, too, that that was uh, Reagan. That Reagan was actually uh, concerned yeah. about something that he saw, too. Yeah, well, the, the 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 rumor is the last president who actually knows for sure the stuff 
was mm-hmm. Bush Senior because he was right. the, he was the head of the Makes CIA, sense. right? Yeah, yeah. So he knew far more than any of those other people for that reason. Or he, I guess he knows he's still alive, right? So yes, he yeah. is actually barely, doing, but he is. Yeah, he's not doing too good, but he's still around. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you hmm. well, remember, even when he became president, he already knew where all the bodies were buried. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of weird, weird ways. He was kind of a really quiet Putin that way, wasn't he? That's oh, what I yeah. was just thinking. He basically was Putin. He was just much yeah. more quiet about it. <laughs> like, he wasn't, wasn't really a tyrant like Putin is, but he, he's, he's, he filled that same niche. Really I, love, never... I love the Simpsons episodes with him. Oh, him and when... Homer. Remember those? He's <laughs> yes, like a I neighbor do. of Homer's. <laughs> they were brilliant. They're so much fun. He was already and retired. He was a feud with Homer. He yeah. was a feud with Homer. That was such a brilliant series of stories. Remember Actually, when... he was a feud with Bart. Yes, with Bart. Well, he was kind of like Mr. Oh. Wilson and and uh, and uh, and Dennis, Dennis the Menace, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, Mr. I... Bush. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that one ended. That's right. Bush, Bush moves out and uh, Ford comes Ford in. Ford moves in. <laughs> Would you like to have nachos? Would I? And then both of them trip and they both go. <laughs> yeah, you do a pretty yep. you do a pretty good Homer there. <laughs> yep. Okay. Oh. So, um, since we're I think we're reaching the point to kind of wrap this thing up. So, any other uh, UFO stories or anything else we want to talk about before we call it a, call it a day? Well, I, I want to mention quickly that there are both eleven pop stars who claim to see UFOs and. There are some classic rocks uh, songs that have to do with UFOs. That's still part of the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like Creedence Clearwater Revival had one called "It Came from Out of the Sky," right? Hmm. You know, and there was just there's uh, of course we don't you know Starman is probably the number one that you want to think about kind of thing, right? So, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of that stuff really comes out of like the seventies, and it's the whole you know yeah. brother from another planet, yeah. um, or. Ch- more children of the gods you know daikin stuff was just so damn popular in the 70s yeah. that you got so much of that well I, hey hey who's who's the who's the mega death fan okay valid point <laughs> hangar 18 yeah that's true 1990 right yep yeah actually we didn't even really talk about some of the you know the ufo movies that came out hangar 18 <coughs> is definitely one of them sure uh-huh um <laughs> I like how you zero don't... zero ufo in 89. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, there we go. There's a couple of them. But you're right. Most of them around 60s and 70s for the whole brother, you know, uh, trying to find, you know, that connection. We are all Aquarians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing, right? Yeah. Utopians, actually. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was saying at the, at the beginning, that you see a lot of what affects extraterrestrials and pop culture is affected by what's going on. Like, because that was... When you got to the 80s, you started to see towards the middle of the 80s, going to the end of the 80s, you started to see a lot of mistrust of government and that. And that was where you'd see more movies and TV shows with the men in black and government conspiracies and cover-ups. Whereas in the 70s, you had some of that, but it usually focused more like Close Encounters. Because that's about a government cover-up, but it focuses on the interaction more between the extraterrestrials and whoever the main characters are. Right. Mm. True. Okay, so what are your favorite movies that have to do with aliens? Like this kind of thing? Well, I mean, I I would like I'll give you some of mine cuz I don't want okay. I wouldn't say something like The Fifth Element really counts. 
because that's, mm. that's like future, right? Well, right. it's, it's, it's if, like if we were talking Star about Wars al- aliens. yeah, Star Wars kind of thing. Yeah. So you want to talk about aliens that come mm-hmm. to Earth or something like that? So in, in that way, I probably wouldn't count aliens, right? In the same right. way, yeah. So but I'm going to go for, but I would count Predator. Yeah, definitely. Right? And and one of my favorites, yeah, yeah. and District Nine, which is a more recent one. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen that? 2009 really i yeah. quite enjoyed that um super 8 was okay the abyss i would say was quite cool yep. mars attacks is a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh yeah it's 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 okay actually by the way i just want to note the abyss is awesome especially if you see the with the proper ending instead of mm. the uh the cut down ending okay I don't know if you know this. There are I two think versions. I own it. I own the like the director's cut, and I haven't seen it yet because I figured it was the same. No, okay. Because yeah. they um, there's a really important scene with the aliens, okay. uh, sort effectively that they take out of the uh, the theatrical cut that's there in the director's cut. Oh, that they. So you might want to actually watch that sometime. I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> okay. But Don knows what I'm talking about. Well, yeah. This, um, here's it, one it that I enjoyed. It kind of changes the context think, of the whole thing. I think mm. you probably really liked and I liked Cloverfield. Yeah, it was okay. Well, I, I you're, a huge monster, you're a huge monster film, man. Mm. So I figured I, like... I, I am, but I and I found Cloverfield interesting, but it was just so much shaky cam that I was right. getting nauseous yeah. while watching it. <laughs> That's fair enough. It's got a lot of neat, it's got a lot of neat <laughs> ideas to it. Yep. Now, I haven't yeah. seen The Arrival that Charlie Sheen was in. Right. Was it any good? Is that I the new had... one or the original? Yeah. Because yeah. that, that, there's a remake they did just a couple years I, ago. Yeah, 96 was the, was the Charlie Sheen, and I think that's the remake, isn't it? Or no, there was another one. No, that that's was the original. There was, there was a recent one. Oh, there was a recent one. That's right, yeah. Yeah. I think it was just called Arrival. Yeah. And of course, War of the Worlds. Yeah, okay. So those are some of my favorites. What are some of yours? Okay, let me go through. All right, so. <laughs> all right, so let's see. Um, it came from outer space. Always a fan. Okay. Um, the one that always stuck with me as a kid, though, was, well, two of them. One, the original War of the Worlds, of course. Um, right. The 1950, the George Powell one from the 1950s. H.G. Um, Wells's War of the Worlds, 1953. American yep, color, right, yeah. Yep, exactly, which I watched that movie so many times, and yep. oh, I love that. Still, that awesome. still love that film. And that sound <laughs> effect is film? always still the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That That's thing. Awesome. Oh, oh, such a great film. Because I'm definitely not talking about the Tom Cruise remake from right. about 10 years ago. Um <laughs> So uh, there's that. A uh, 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 personal favorite has always been Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Mm, yeah. um, our local indie station, or semi-local, it was from Cleveland, would uh, show that movie like at least once a year, <laughs> and that was one of my personal favorites because um, it was, re- and it was just there to capitalize on the whole Flying Saucers craze of the time. Like it literally, that's all it is. I mean, the aliens. Yeah. If I remember, I don't think you really even the aliens are kind of just these vague shadow things that you see barely, and you see well, a hand or something. If I remember right, no, they're 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 always wearing these suits that they're yeah. they're completely covered up. Yeah, that you never see what they look like under the suits or anything. Right. Wow. Yeah. There we go. Um, so Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Ah, it's a little fun. Plus, if I recall right, I think the saucers might even be Harryhausen. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I believe he did the the saucer work in them. So cool. Anything with Harryhausen, you know, automatic, you know, uh, big win. time. Yeah, for big sure. time. Um, oh, showing my Japanese roots, of course. Uh, we have the Mysterians <laughs> in mm. uh, 57, which is another fun one. 
um, which is kind of a Japanese, you know, war invasion. You know, it's a Japanese invasion movie, basically. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be some other good ones? Because again, I don't want to. We're, we're, I'm going to skip Plan Nine from Outer Space because <laughs> yes. um, Plan Nine from Outer Space. Because of uh, your stupid brain. Stupid. Uh, stupid. 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 Exactly. What were the other eight plans? I want to know. <laughs> the ones that didn't work. Oh, man. They could make a prequel. That's right. Seven prequels. Plan one from outer space. <laughs> yep. 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 There we go. Um, what else are. I'm just quickly looking at the big list, trying to, just trying to jog my memory here. Um, oh, like there's the UFO TV series, which I yeah. should, which we should definitely mention. Sure. Um, UFO, literally, that's what it's called, the yep. British series, which every year I he- keep hearing they're going to remake it next year, but it never quite happens. Right. <laughs> um, so, so there's that. Alien, of course, you mentioned Predator. Um, let's see. What about the original was... V? Did you like the original V? I did when it was on. I haven't seen it in so long. I have a funny feeling yeah. it won't hold up very well, but I, I imagine it's very. And I like the original but... series. I didn't like when they extended it because then it just got killed. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Oh. and yeah, they extend. Didn't they? They did a sequel series and yeah. then they did a regular series. If That's I remember right. right. Yeah, and I mean, it was one of those situations like it, 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 her swallowing the rat was water cooler talk. Oh yeah, yeah. everybody that... remembers that, right? So. Yeah, everyone remembers that. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, the original thing, of course, we've already mentioned. Mm. Uh, let's see. What else would be the... Um... Mork and Mindy, right. Mork and Mindy. <laughs> yep, there we go. Mork... Well, not more one of my personal if you want to go that way. <laughs> oh, God. Sadly, I think I watched more <coughs> Alf as a kid than Mork and Mindy. Well, I guess I found it more entertaining than yeah. uh, Mork and Mindy. Sorry. Um, I'm not quite sure why. I know there's one that I... What was I trying to remember? Because uh, you mentioned Predator... Terror Vision, which is a which oh. is a messed up little film. Yes, um, it is. It's one of my yeah, favorites. One ter- of your favorites. That's true. Oh, they live. Oh yes, they, they live. live. Good call. Good call. <laughs> yeah, they live. Yeah, exactly. Um, Put on the glasses. <laughs> no. no, it's like the longest twenty minute WWF fighting scene. Put on yeah. the glasses. <laughs> F you. <laughs> yeah that's got to be one of like cinema's greatest scenes right there that's right yep yep exactly why no, no, didn't dude. he get that oscar for that series alone <laughs> no no the scene he should have gotten for is um so i'm here to kick ass and yes, chew bubble chew gum, bubble and gum. I'm all out of bubble I'm gum all out of bubble gum his acting like, was horrible in that i don't like this one bit no, I don't like this one bit. <laughs> like, yep. That was, oh, he's that not was a some great realistic actor, acting there. He, <laughs> Roddy he Roddy was Piper. so entertaining. Oh, he was. <sighs> Hell Comes yeah, to he... Frogtown. That was another great one. <laughs> I never did see that one. Oh, it's, it's yeah, a must. Great, great is a strong word, but okay. <laughs> he's a very entertaining actor. Yeah, yeah. there yes, we go. Absolutely. Uh, okay, I think that's mostly it. I mean, there's not... Hmm. I, you know, I kind of grew up with a lot of the classics, oddly enough. Sure. And so, I mean, there's been there's other, you know, there's tons of other alien movies, but I've just never been uh, never been drawn to most of them. In fact, I have a, I find that most of the alien movies that I've seen in my life are ultimately just derivations of the same shit they were doing in the 50s and 60s. It's just with better mm. special effects for the mm. most part. Well, what yeah. is the most recent movie with like the 
the zombie like children and they they you know they they smell human beings and they kill them and it's like an alien like like tree or something that infects them or something i forget i just watched it and it was a, it's a british show and it's really well done a british movie what i have no idea what you're talking about oh i i even i even like listen to the audiobook of it and um huh. it's so what happens is is like i i just remember elements of it and it starts off and most human beings are wiped out and okay. what right. happens is is all these children are infected mm-hmm. with this stuff and if they smell your sweat or something they just go feral and kill you all and hmm. so they have all the children there and 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 they they bring them in like they're they're sitting in these single rooms and they bring them in and they lock them down in their desks and the teacher starts teaching them right and uh-huh. and uh so cuz what she wants to do is try to bring back like some of their humanity uh and 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 find out what's happening and it's something to do with some kind of like alien tree or or something like that 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 has created these things right and and it's huh. really i'll have to go find that and and send that to you but that was that was really quite cool there's there's been a couple of neat sort of alien takes on stuff which i quite liked and don i'm just gonna be really mm-hmm. upset if out of this world the television series from 1987 oh, isn't on your list <laughs> <laughs> well, do you, do you know, out of this world was it was just the comedy version of the powers of Matthew Starr. Exactly. Yeah, but it starred yeah. Burt Reynolds and Doug McClure. So <laughs> you may yes. remember him from such films as <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's true. Well, no correction. It never officially stars Burt Reynolds because he was like best buds with the producer. Oh, or something right. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he right. just so. and he never got any credit because if he did, it would be you know yeah. issues with pay and everything like yeah, that. So for he sure, just did for, it for sure. fun. Yeah, wasn't wasn't he he did guest bits because wasn't he supposed to be uh, what was the kid's name Evie's father? Evie, yeah, yeah. he was Evie's father. Yeah, he's yeah. Evie's father, and he no almost not every episode pretty much. She wanders in and she like taps it and goes, "Dad, I have a problem or need yeah. to talk." And oh, okay. it's and it's him doing that's the father. So, right. So she because he's off like in another galaxy or whatever, and this yeah. is, it's their father daughter phone call each episode. Yeah, that's that's him. More calling huh. Orson. Come in, Orson. <laughs> More calling. <laughs> Ellison. <laughs> Come Which in, was just basically Robin Williams on way too much cocaine, um, <laughs> just ad libbing pretty much the entire thing. Oh, when they had Jonathan Winters on there, there was like nobody could take a breath. They were just l- constantly ad libbing with each other all the time. <laughs> right, oh, crazy. That was the weirdest yeah. take to having John- Jonathan Winters as his son. Hmm, and aging backwards. Yes. <laughs> Is first wave on your list? No, no, no. no. Sorry, that's Jack. That's that's a Jack thing. <laughs> I, I don't think either of us really got into it. So, Don, what is yeah. your list? I, I think I'm done mine or my attempt at one anyway. What's what's yours? I got a few, except uh, I don't know if I have any movies on mine. One thing that that you mentioned TV show that I liked that was a weird take on the uh, extraterrestrial thing was Torchwood. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Torchwood. It... I only like Children of Earth. I thought yeah. that one was that one was pretty neat take. The other ones I wasn't that fond of, but that one was good. It it had kind of an up and down, but it they they did all your standard alien tropes, but in the most disturbing, violent, horrible, depressing way, boss. Like the 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 Children of Men one, where you find out that the aliens think Earth children are just delightfully addictive. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah. So they're yeah. Tra- they're trading them off every so. Yeah, that was a little. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I enjoyed that just because 
it was nice to see somebody pushing the limits of taste. Mm-hmm. Like all of the comic book guys I've loved over the years. Right. Like going to guy and all the underground dudes. And it was nice to see that on TV. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, it was a good one. One that I like too is the, uh, I'm still a big fan of the old dark conspiracy role-playing game. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Of course. Which is the same idea that it's cyberpunk, but society collapses. Cause that's part of the aliens plan. And the aliens used to be nice guys, but then they got possessed by an evil demonic extra dimensional entity that they accidentally released on Mars on one of the moons of Mars. <laughs> oh, I hate it when that happens. So do I. <laughs> At least it's not a complex plot, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, exactly. nothing. And the other thing that I really used to get a kick out of was the old uh, Marvel Comics Eternals. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, again, was the Von Dynek and Chariots of the Gods idea in superhero form. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's an Eternals movie coming. They've yeah, said and, that that's part of their next wave, yeah. Yeah, and it's probably not going to be that good because they're just going to try to make them the Inhumans again. Yeah, they will, basically. Because they, they basically are the Inhumans. It's basically the same thing. Well, that's Hancock, too, isn't it? Kind, yeah, kinda. Because it, it's sort of very much like the, the Hancock, the story Hancock, right? He's uh he's like this ancient, like like godlike creature that came from another world or something. He and mm-hmm. he and his wife, and they're the last two ones alive, mm-hmm. and they have godlike powers. They do that a lot, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a running theme, and then the other the other side of that because you mentioned V, which I will confess I did not care for. Um had the uh, the trope that as soon as you have an alien human baby, they're godlike and have massive powers for something. Yeah. Rather hybrids. than cri- crippling mutants. Yeah. Although, again, they did that in... Uh, Marvel did that because they had a character called Hybrid. Yep. That was the, the child of a uh, dire wraith. Yes. Alien uh, and- Rom. Rom Space. Yeah, yeah Rom. Yep. Yeah. I have and, that comic. And, yeah, and Hybrid Creepy. had crippling, horrible mutations and such. And yeah, that's another one I'd have to say. I like the uh, Rom. Rom was a really good. The old Marvel one was a really good comic. Loved mm. Rom. Um, and and they're making a movie of that too, right? Yeah, but it's they like the Eternals. They're going to be. There's new versions of all of these characters. Yeah, right. Maybe and it's they good. kind. Yeah, I'm. I'm not real excited because the new versions are kind of more like everything else. Mm. Yeah. Whereas, like. The ones we, we were taught, but like the Eternals, the original Eternals and Rom were really their own thing. And they went to really weird, unpleasant places and a lot of... And you're not going to see that nowadays. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be tied directly into everything. Right. So you're going to find out that like the... In Rom... If, well, because no, Rom, Marvel doesn't know it anymore. But like the Eternals, you'll find out that one of them is like... Nick Fury's dad and started S.H.I.E.L.D. because S.H.I.E.L.D. is part of everything and Norman Osborn is like the child of a deviant or something because Norman (laughs) Osborn's behind all the evil in like the Marvel Universe now and and, and it's going to be yeah okay whatever right (laughs) maybe maybe yeah Yeah. that's true yeah we might see some of that Um, oh and Dark Skies we can't forget Dark Skies that's still one of my favorites I have a I also have a fondness for I Come in Peace Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not a good film. Yeah. For those who don't know, it's basically mm-hmm. about like a alien that's basically just what's it doing? I'm trying to, I don't even remember what it's doing in the movie. It's, it's been a while. It 
it's Terminator with an alien because he's here to kill somebody. We, no, but he's, he's killing multiple people and he's like doing stuff to them and things like that. And the one thing he knows how to say is, I come in peace. He accidentally learns that at the beginning of the film. So as he's killing mm. all these people and doing it, he keeps saying, I come in peace. I come in peace. <laughs> and then mm. and it's, he doesn't really know what it actually means or maybe he does or whatever. But so everyone's like, you come in peace. What? That's hilarious. <laughs> it is actually. Um yeah. There were there were a fair number of those like cheesy ass eighties like alien movies that I like. Right. Yeah. I don't remember. The only one I really remember was uh, uh, the Hidden. Oh yeah, the Hidden. Because mm. it had those horrifying, disturbing slug monsters that would possess like I think was it dead bodies or were you still alive when they crawled in your mouth? I think they were still alive. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was one of the nastier <laughs> ones, and. Now, mind you, aren't there like two of them, and they're hunting each other or something like that? Yeah, because the one's a the one's a cop, and then the other one's uh, a criminal. Because the cop teams up with an Earth cop, because right. the buddy cop thing was a big thing in the eighties, and they're tracking. And the thing is, they can jump bodies. Right. Yeah. So that's why they can't find this criminal one because it keeps jumping from from one one body to another. Yep. Yep. I can see that. Because I seem to recall there were a couple of uh, alien movies in the 80s that that's what they did. They came to Earth and they possessed people to stay hidden. Yeah, or variations thereof. Yeah, that was pretty popular. Just yeah. just the same as the alien cop teaming up with the human cop to hunt down aliens on Earth. My God, there are so many of those. Yes, there, there actually were, weren't there? Yeah, they did that a lot. <laughs> okay, um, I, I, I know the name of the movie and I know the name of the book. Okay, the what one is we, I was talking about. It's called The Girl with All the Gifts. Oh, that thing. Oh, okay. Is that what that's about? I've only seen the preview. It's, I've never it's seen this, the movie. It's, it's this strange fungus that's changed everyone into a thoughtless flesh-eating monster. I thought the th- fungus had to do with some sort of, like, it, it like came down from space at some point. But right. maybe right. I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe it's just a zombieish movie. But, yeah, the girl mm. with all the gifts. Well, that's so. how they portray it in the trailer, which I've seen. But I've never, but it's mm-hmm. possible that the... That the actual movie, since you've seen it, presumably, is actually about the tree and everything. But the movie just portrays it differently. Right. Or sorry, the trailer. Sorry, the trailer isn't giving us an accurate look. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, thank you. Uh, thank you, Don. That is another uh, UFO theme. Hybrids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is that is the theme that they talk about. Like, I mean, Roswell and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They talk about, you know, hybrid children and of course the ones mm-hmm. in roswell the television they, they have all powers too yep, right exactly there's yeah. there's something magical about humans we can't do anything but if you get <laughs> a little bit of alien dna Ooh. we are super powerful <laughs> yeah because that's one of the things that pissed me off in v was like the uh yes and and again 40 year old spoilers for anyone listening where they were going to like blow up the alien mothership and it would cook the entire earth. And then like the alien space baby that they had with uh, Freddy Krueger ends up just <laughs> absorbing all the energy. Cause she's like miraculous. She's like, ah, fuck off. Yep. That was near the end of the show though. I think they like tied it all up with that by her being, the, they called her the star child. Yep, remember? Yep, they yeah. did. Yep. Oh, geez. That yep. was but- awful. <laughs> but they did shit like that because I remember the end of the first episode is kind of where they it was the end of the first the beginning of the second was where they lost me on that show mm-hmm. right because they found the uh, the human the human resistance secret base that is like on a mountain or something yeah yeah mm. and the alien shuttles coming in and the heroes out there and she pulls out her like forty four and the aliens are shooting for some reason they're missing because they didn't invent targeting and she fires her forty four and. 
like blows the front off of this ship that can survive re-entry and like fucks up the controls. And he's like, we must retreat. And I'm like, really, 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 uh, really? You have to retreat from some person with a fucking handgun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, to be fair, you... they wear plastic masks so they can't see anything. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things would be easier if we just show our lizard faces. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, Cause it was, it was an interesting idea. Like, it's one. There was a lot of shows in the '80s that did that. That it's a cool premise. Mm. It looked neat. Um, some of the characters are interesting, but then in execution, it just falls apart because they would just do the same old shit. Yeah. Well, they, they like that. They, they wanted to tie it into the whole Nazi Germany thing, right? Mm -hmm. So they, yeah. Even the symbol of of the visitors had very swastika like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Well, remember so that, that was, was cool. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that, well, that was the great age of the miniseries when and right. we also there was one I think called I think there was one called America with a K. Yeah, yeah. Where they took over, where the Russians took over, and yeah. there was yeah, Winds of War. Like they they kept trying to do those yeah, big miniseries, the big budget stuff back then in the eighties. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it worked. Right. Sometimes it didn't. Yeah, you were talking yeah. about that in another episode. You didn't say North and South. Oh yeah. Yeah, North that and South was a huge, was a huge one. Yeah. yeah, Roots, of course, and uh, yes, yeah, you did mention Roots and Shogun, and yeah. uh, and uh, well, there was a couple others, but anyway, yeah, no, you didn't, you didn't mention North and South. I was listening. I was just like, okay, ah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that note, uh, I think that we have uh, covered UFOs and popular culture as best we can for today. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It may have been a little bit all over the place, but unfortunately, <laughs> so are so are UFOs. So it all kind of works out. Thanks for coming on, Jack, and uh, bringing some grand tales, including your father's experience, to the show. That's really awesome. Well, thanks for having me again, guys. It was always fun. Yep. And uh, thank you, listeners, for hanging out. Um, if you've had some weird UFO experiences, feel free to come on to ObeyTheDNA.com and uh, post them in the comment section, and we'll, uh, we'll share some of our knowledge of uh, the unknown. Until next time, stay safe. May the Force be with you. And keep watching the skies! Of course. <laughs> there we go. Now we're done. <laughs> Good night, folks. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to hear more or join the conversation, come visit us at ObeyTheDNA.com. You can also find us on iTunes or whatever fine podcast site forgot to lock their back door. So until next time, remember... That to master the nerdly arts takes time, practice, and enough Coca-Cola to drop a rhino. See ya!